up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to HS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Sports Podcast. This episode 222 for the week of February 13th. Thanks, February, for fucking it up. 2022. Think about it like if we had like an episode on the, the 22nd. 22nd. Oh man, that would have been amazing. Holy shit. 222 on 222. Yeah. February fucked us up. Oh wow. Well, the title of this week's episode is, you fucking guessed it, our HCS Anaheim Post Show, baby! My name is Josh, a.k.a. JK Fire. This week, I'm joined by the man in the Sizga hoodie, Will, a.k.a. I am Mr. Mayhem. Will, how are you on this Monday afternoon? For those wondering <laughs> what Sizga is, it's a space station gaming hoodie. So thanks, Josh. Uh, Anytime. I'm I'm doing fine. I got a little bit have, of a headache going on. Yeah, so I'm sorry that I'm loud well, right in front of you. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's I'm I'm pushing through. I'll be fine. Um, but I'm excited to talk to some uh, Anaheim. We got a, we got you know our usual segments to get through. Right. But we'll get there. You don't, you don't want to talk about Smeagol and Deagle anymore? Sure, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Context outside of the show, obviously. Well, yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's. What about you? What about you? How, uh, how you doing? I'm tired. I'm doing all right though. Uh, Natana says ins- insert supportive watching here. Oh my god, thanks, Natana. Love you too. Um, great. <laughs> and then uh, no, I'm doing all right. I'm really tired. But uh, you know, before because yeah, people thought we were going to talk about this on the show anyway. But we can just get through it real quick. Like, and I mean real quick, and we don't have to go on about it. But uh, the big game happened last night. Um, we were really excited about it. We really wanted Stafford and the Rams to win. We 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 enjoy Stafford. Um, we are Vikings fans, mm-hmm. but we always we always agreed that Stafford never belonged in Detroit. Um, so he finally, first year on the Rams, uh, wins his first playoff game. That eventually leads to a Super Bowl. Not only that, but he also wins. I wasn't supposed to say that. I mean the SB. You're but fine. Who gives a shit? Who cares at uh, this point? Right. But uh, Will, what'd you think overall? Game was decent. It got a little boring at a time, but you know, fourth quarter picked up obviously the closeness of the game. Um, yeah, I was happy Stafford was able to win. He had been such a great talent on a piss poor team for so long. Yep. And you look at his winning credibility, the amount of game winning drives he put together for that team. Stafford really held them together for as long as he was there. Eh, it's good. He got his win. Um, I would have been fine if Burrow and the Bengals won too, because that would have been great for them. Hundred percent, cool story on that side of it too. Um, but no, glad Stafford won and uh, gave us an exciting end to the game. Yes, um, kind of wanted Donald to win MVP in- yeah. instead of Cup. Cup played phenomenally as well. He he made plays on the catches that he was on the throws that he was given. Um, got a couple touchdowns as well. Uh, so like great for him. It usually goes to an offensive player anyway. Um, they were talking about how one of the last MVPs to go to a defensive player was Von Miller, and now Von Miller's on the Rams as well, which is kind of funny. Um, but no, I, I wish Donald would have gotten it, but it's okay. Either way, Rams won. Go Rams. We were very happy for Stafford, even as Vikings fans. Who gives a shit? Go Stafford. Shall we talk about what's coming up on this week's episode of the show? Yes. What do we got? Well, we have our HCS and High Post Show. That's, that's the gist of it. So without further ado, Will, let's get into some competitive news. Tournament announcements by Indiana Esports Network. It's called Clash of the Crossroads. Clash of the Crossroads. Battle at the Barn. 
It's an in-person LAN event from uh, April 29th to April 30th to May 1st. So the three days there, three-day weekend, I imagine. It's a college tournament and a high school tournament, Rocket League, Super Smash, and Halo. Registration details are going to be dropping soon. Um, next up, Tashi's looking for VIP feedback, Will. Yeah. Um, this is by Tashi. And uh, Brooks, listener of the show, love you, Brooks, part of the SVP uh, program. Well, not really, but, y- you know, we love Brooks. Um, he already provided the feedback. Uh, a lot of people provided the feedback on our episode of that show, our Raleigh Post show. Um, but either way, Tashi stated... Uh, looking for feedback from VIP ticket holders at Raleigh. How did you feel about the value? Was the production tour cool? Any insights to share? How can we make it better? Thanks in advance. So if you have any feedback for him and you are a VIP ticket holder, life, if you haven't provided your feedback, I think you should. Absolutely. You and your son. Um, and yeah, hopefully they'll take that information and make things better for future attendance. And finally, Europa Halo is looking for team members. This is by Europa Halo on Twitter, and I quote, We're looking for the following for the Europa Halo team going forward. Tournament admin, broadcast production, social media team, casters, video content creation, broadcast assets, and Twitch mods. So if you think you fit into any of that criteria or multiple or whatever, then reach out to them. Obviously, I I imagine it would be preferred if you're within the European region, but I don't think it's necessary. So um, by all means. Throw your hat into the ring. That's it for the competitive news. If you can't tell, we're we're kind of like pushing through here to get to the to get to the fucking meat and potatoes, the potatoes. Gosh. You know that's the second Lord of the Rings reference yeah, I made yeah. on the show. Now, now we gotta just say we talked about Lord of the Rings before the show started because we didn't remember exactly what uh, Gollum's real name was before he was. And for the record, we Gollum. stated Smeagol, but we didn't we didn't know like for sure if that was the the Hobbit's name before. You know, we're not that dumb, okay? Just a little, <laughs> just ever so slightly. Um, your upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobCombo.com. Check out NoobCombo.com for all your Halo esports needs. And Maddie's gonna get a shout out later on in the show, personal one. Um, but for now, fuck you, Maddie. On Monday, February fourteenth, that's today, we have the HCS f- series for North America, EU, Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico. Get it? That was like a play I wanted to do. You know? <laughs> the free-for-all series, Josh. Thank you, Will. On Saturday, February 19th, we have the CGL Battle on Zeta Halo 4v4 and the Community Gaming Halo Infinite 4v4. And then on Sunday, February 20th, the Open Series is back for North America and EU. And in their place for Mexico and Australia and New Zealand, we have the super qualifier because those regions, super events, super are coming up. So uh, we'll obviously be talking about that stuff later as well. Um, And believe it or not, that's it for upcoming turns of the week presented by NoobCombo.com. Check out NoobCombo.com for all your Halo eSports needs. There, now you got a jingle, Maddie. Oh my God, look uh, at that. Uh, Who free thought? content over here. Wow. We're giving free fucking content every goddamn week. <laughs> Berg, welcome to the live show. Vicky as well. I apologize for not shouting you out earlier, too. Will, what are we got next? Roster Mania. Some Roster Mania. Ooh. Oh, baby. So, uh, first bit of Roster Mania news. E United. Ryan. E United. 
Anyway, uh, that, my clapping was so off there. Ryan Noob tested negative for COVID at the perfect time to allow him to play alongside his teammates at Anaheim. It was great to see. It was great um, to see. Good to see their performance with their full squad. That last-minute change probably would have thrown a wrench into things. Good to see he was able to compete. Agreed. Uh, built by gamers or BBG, neighbor has signed as a coach. So look for neighbor to be joining that team. Uh, UYU. Not ooh. Not ooh. As we've, as we've learned last week. Hey. UYU. <laughs> it's going to be Tony Sun, Piggy Sand, Carmea, and Cycle. We have Torrent. This is Aperture, Hot Shot Ghost, Huss, and Filthy G. And then Esports Arena Red. Officially is Rami, Boam, or Boam, depending on what caster or person <laughs> wants to say his name. Oh, no. Neuronical and Collect. We should just literally, like, just find his Twitter, DM him, and be like, how do we pronounce your fucking name? Just because if because if a caster gets gets it wrong, then I can just silently, like, be at home just chuckling to myself, like, hey, I fucking got it wrong, bitch. And then- <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Great. Um, for those who don't know, uh, the UIU Torrent and Esports Arena Red, uh, those were previously uh, unorged rosters before that had qualified for Anaheim. So there you go. They were in Anaheim. And Justin, welcome to the live show. All right. Should we move on to some scrim recaps? I think we should, Will. So as you I almost got like a weird fucking accent going there. That was really messed up. Uh, scrim recaps, uh, before we get, before Will talks about the tournament league recaps, um, in case you didn't know, you can check out all scrim results for your respective region as well, um, at halodatahive.com. So make sure to go to halodatahive.com for all your statistical needs. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, there were three scrims I really wanted to shout out here. And the reason why I did this is because, uh, Scrims, while we understand, don't mean a whole lot. Um, it does provide a little bit of additional context leading into Anaheim. Um, and so there are three that I wanted to point out here. Uh, they're all on February 8th. The first one is Cloud9 um, beating Optic 7-5. to five. But it's not Cloud9 beating Optic that is surprising because, duh. But the fact that Optic brought it to five games. so Well, won five games out of the, the total that they played. So, okay, step in the right direction there. The next one that I wanted to shout out was uh, Optic Gaming um, basically annihilating E-United 11-2, keeping in mind that E-United had formal at the time because that was where Ryan was kind of uh, floating in limbo, basically, as to whether or not the COVID test was going to come back negative, whether or not he was going to play at Anaheim. And so they were they were um, scrimming with formal, and it was already confirmed that if Ryan Oob won was unable to play at Anaheim, Formal would step in. But clearly that scrim didn't go very well. But then again, you're playing against Optic, who are considered to be one of the top teams. So there is that. And then uh, finally, the last one I wanted to shout out was uh, Cloud9 going 8-4 and four against FaZe. Again, the Cloud9 beating FaZe part isn't the surprising part of this, right? It's the FaZe getting four wins... But there's a there's a theme with FaZe that's going to go into Anaheim that we'll talk about later on. Um, so that's it for the Scream recaps. And then, Will, before you get to the Tournament League recaps, uh, Fanged Terror, welcome to the live show. Good to see you. Hope you're having a great fucking day. Will, what do we got for the Tournament League recaps for the last week? 
Yeah, well, um, we'll start off with the Calgary Halo Wild West Wednesday. Wild Wild West. In third, fourth, we had Poggers and Warzone Boys. In second, Blood in Blood Out. And first went to Taint Tuggers. <laughs> Oi. Can I add that? Yeah, go thing? for it. Wherever you want. We, okay, I was going to say, where do I add it? So I add it to the worst or the best because I, when I read it. both. When I read it, when I was doing this today, I fucking read the name and I'm, I chuckled to myself. Like out loud. Great. Like Taint Tuggers. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking 12. <laughs> Jesus. Next tournament here, the PZL Bossman Halo Infinite 4v4. In third, fourth, we had Peppercorns and Scandal Vikings, or Scandy. Sorry, I think it's Scandy. It's the uh, Scandy, like like Scandinavia, right? But Scandy yeah, right? Vikings. Yeah, right. And then second yeah. went to the Duelist. First went to Mocket. Next, Mocket Boys. The LFTG Halo Infinite Two v Two results. In third, fourth, we had is it Sape Twos and L Lamentrix. Second went to Exceed, and first went to Dirty Soda. We also had the EGL Master Chief Cup number 10 results. Third, fourth was Your Org Here and Peppercorns. Second went to Scandy Candy. And first went to XEO. I think they just changed their name. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I Yeah. Next tournament in Maniacs Halo Infinite 44 draft tournament. Here are the results. In fourth place, we had Team Code Star. Third went to Team Flex Reigns. Second went to Team Ninjastics. And first went to Team Dino. We then had the Europa Halo Winter Series number two results. In third, fourth, we had Walshian Friends, which included Hayes, Regards, uh, Jaren, and Welsh Mania. Your org here included Valkyrie, Nemesis, Mighty, and Frugal. Second went to Team SSSM. It was Milzy, DeChoker, Sticka, and S- Sakana. I don't think you got that team name right because we're going based off of how the show's been going. I think it's Sm. Sm. Uh, and then uh, first place went to Surge, which was Wolfus, Legendgram, Zotter, and Left Eye. What's, what's the team name? Uh, Sma. <laughs> Sma. Never, never fucking mind, okay? Leave me alone. Well, going off of uh, Josh's theory, we next had the <laughs> series. <laughs> Which is the HDS FFA series. And oh, here's the God. week four results out of the Mexico region. Uh, top four went Bullet. Third went to Zep, Zep, Zepnik. Zepnik? Yeah. We're going to go with that. Second went to Chicoy or Chico Y2J. We're going to go with that. And then first went to Pool. Oh, I see. I see. Chico. I see now. Out of the Australia, New Zealand, New Zealand, <laughs> New Zealand region, combining my words now. I'm not the only one fucking up now. Cool. In fourth place, went to Just Tough. Third went to Aleo. Second went to Bandit. And first went to Jordan. Hey, Jordan and Bandit, thank you guys for just having easy to understand names. <laughs> Aleo, we, we've said your name multiple times on the show before, but so we get it, but like, you know. The EU region for the HCS FFA series. In fourth place, we had to Chick. Third went to Warlord. Second, Mentlin. And first went to Kimbo. Kimbo! And then out of your North American region, in fourth place, we had Segato- Segota. Segota. Third went to Reverb. Second, Porky J. And first went to Complexion. 
Thank you, Will. That's that's yeah. That does it for your tournament and league recaps. Let's get to what I said before. The meat and potatoes of our show. The topic. The HCS Anaheim post show. Ladies and gentlemen. HCS Anaheim is in the books. One would say it is one for the record books. I wouldn't go that far. But it was a great event overall. No spectators were allowed, but I think given the circumstances, I think everybody involved did a great job and uh, put on a great show for everybody watching at home. And for those who like that were working the event, put on a great show for them to watch too uh, behind the scenes. So we're going we're gonna to switch things up a little bit in how we do post shows. We're going to start with the notable series from the beginning of the tournament through the end. We're not talking about every series. We're talking about ones that we found notable throughout, right? And that will lead us into our results. Then um, we've got some, we got our prediction results and how terrible those were. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we still do those. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun and funny <laughs> for me. Uh, then we have our HCS pro talk awards, HCS Anaheim edition. We're going to give out awards again. If you don't recall, uh, we have a list where we have the best gamer tags of the year, worst gamer tags of the year, best team names of the year, worst team names of the year. Because we cover a lot of community run events on this uh, show. So there's a lot of different team names, a lot of different player names. And we want to just, we want to formulate a list of all the best and worst ones. And at the end of the year, we crown the the winners and I guess technically losers of what those would be. They're still winning the, lo- the losing prize. Yeah, they're right? winning the losing prize. That's exactly it. Um, polish a turd. It's still turd. So <laughs> we have some awards to give out. And then um, we have our overall thoughts of the event. So without further ado, Will. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some pool play. So pool B. You ready for this shit? So I included three, three pool play matches here in pool B. I know there's four there, but the, the three first ones here. And if you want to follow along, you can check out the uh, the show notes of the show, exclamation point show notes chat. But uh, I have Fnatic beating Space Station 3-2. to two, G1 beating Space Station 3-1. to one, And FaZe, FaZe beating Space Station 3 to nothing. Okay? Space Station did not win a single series in their pool which means they automatically, they, they got last place in their pool. So, uh, so losers bracket. They, they start in losers. Yep, they start in losers. And then the other one that I have here is uh, Fnatic beating G1 3-2. to two. Now, again, um, for those who may not know, in Pool B were FaZe, Fnatic, FaZe, Fnatic, G1, and Space Station. Okay. Fnatic, who I have been paying a little bit more close attention to through scrim results and whatnot, you know, I wanted to see if they would do something here because in these scrims, in these online events, they just haven't been doing a whole lot. They haven't really lived up to what their potential could possibly be, right? Um, well, they got second place in their pool, so they started in winners. I, I was fully expecting... Like, I think in our predictions, we talked about how, what, it would be FaZe and Space Station probably out of that group? Yeah. Yeah. And Space Station literally lost all three of their pool play matches. So, 
definitely wasn't really what we were expecting, but was glad to see FaZe do that. Okay? Yep. So then, let's move to Pool D. United beating X set 3-2. to two. Normally, this wouldn't be anything to talk about, but you have Kratos on one side, and, uh, yeah. Um, and the fact that they brought, now again, this is only pool play, but the fact that they brought United to a game five, um, but United were able to clutch it out, beat X set 3-2 in their pool. And then the other one that I have noted here was uh, Kansas City Pioneers beating United 3-2 in their pool. And the reason why this one is important is because due to that, due to Pioneers beating United 3-2, United took first place in that pool. And for those who don't recall, Pool D included Pioneers, United, uh, X set, and Torrent. Okay? I think you, you said Pioneers. Pioneers took first in yep. the pool. You said United. Just, oh, oh, did I? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Pioneers took first place in that pool, winning their winning all three of their matches. Okay, so they get a first round by United automatically make it to winners. But just the fact that Pioneers were able to do that, wow, wasn't really expecting that out of them. Really cool though. Really cool to see. And then the couple notes that I have here were uh, KCP were simply playing more as a team, and I saw them dropping weapons for one another and assisting each other consistently. Something I don't see a lot of teams doing is dropping weapons for teammates. Saw it a couple times later on throughout the tournament, but right then and there, I'm like, I don't see many people doing that. That's really, that's a smart thing to do considering you can just, I mean, people do it for the mangler, right? You can just yeah. link it to a, link it to a key bind or a button press, tap the button on your D pad or a paddle or whatever, drop your weapon to shoot somebody with a BR, pick up the weapon again. It's a mechanic that a lot of pros use, right? But just seeing it used in its intentional case of dropping a weapon for a teammate, whatever it may be, just really, really, really cool. Um, and then the other thing I noticed was E United were getting outflanked constantly. Just constantly getting outflanked. They weren't checking corners. They they just KCP were behind them a lot. But then Spartan was heating up just a little too late in the series. You want to see someone with that much energy, that much fire, you know, you want to see him break out right away, make a statement for your team. And he just wasn't able to do that. So KCP beat United three to two in their pool. So notable pool play information here. While the favored teams each made their way into the winner's bracket from pools, AC and D, including cloud nine Sentinels, optic G2 pioneers and United. It was fanatic who put on a, sh uh, a showing in pool B taking a coveted winner's bracket spot alongside the favored phase. Right? Crazy. Space Station weren't able to get a footing in any of the three pool play series played, losing to each team and starting their tournament run through the loser's bracket. Risky Drew, welcome to the live show. Championship bracket. Winners round two had some spicy matches. First up, the first match of the day. Okay? Cloud9 going up against Fnatic. Now, when I say... Cloud9 going up against Fnatic. What are your immediate thoughts is what's going to happen? Well, you think Cloud9 is going to run them over. Think you're going to 3-0, yeah. right? It'll be a 3-0 going to Cloud9's favor, and that's the end of that. Well, so while this series is Cloud9's first for Saturday, Fnatic are coming off of a, a hot 3-2 victory over UYU. They want to make a statement going into these matches. 
And oh, what a statement did Fnatic make. Keeping every game close and down to the wire. Fnatic's wins during this series are also noteworthy, as one was a nail-biting 50-47 Street Slayer, and the other is a 4-3 overtime CTF on Aquarius win. And if you know anything, anything about Cloud9, they have a really mean CTF Aquarius game. Yes, they do. Okay? So if that's any, any indication of how Fnatic are going to perform in the future, I'm more than excited for them. Fnatic have proved that they have the ability to perform under pressure and against some of the greatest Halo players in the world. This would mark four game fives for Fnatic for the tournament. And it was a valiant effort to try and take advantage of an early series against the best team currently in the game. They played four best of five series that, I mean, four, all, all went to game five. They're three in pools in this one in the winner's bracket. Unfortunately for them, they only had one more, but we'll talk about that. Next up was Optic Gaming going up against the United. So from the beginning of the tournament, Optic looked different. Like a fire had been lit. This series proved that they had unfinished business from Raleigh, and they planned on doing something about it. United, while making some nice plays from time to time, were unable to establish a sort of lead or advantage throughout the series. Optic continued to ride their own momentum throughout, taking wins in the games that mattered, including oddball strongholds and a sudden death CTF. While E-United won Slayer on streets, you know the rule. Anyone can win a Slayer. E-United, while falling short in this series, would start their real tournament run. And it was a run in losers. Optic Gaming beat E-United in that series 3-1. to one. This is keeping in mind that E-United uh, took second place at Raleigh, the first land, and Optic really underperformed at Raleigh overall and have not been doing the greatest online, okay? So it seems like something has changed here. In the last Winner's Round 2 series I want to talk about is Sentinels up against these. Composure. That's what I was looking for out of phase for this entire tournament, okay? And for the majority of the series, that's exactly what we got until games four and five. CTF on Aquarius was a runaway win by Sentinels. And then things got out of hand in Slayer and Bizarre Game 5. Sentinels take advantage of a few key moments while also uh, always catching phase players going for individual battles to take the win with a 10-kill advantage. See, FaZe has the talent. It just all comes down to executing at a high level at all times. Sentinels continue to prove that with Royal 2 back in the lineup, that they're a championship force to be reckoned with. So Sentinels beat FaZe 3-2, send FaZe in the losers, and we have winners round three. Optic Gaming going up against Sentinels. The rematch of the ages, Will. Mm. This time with the entire Sentinels roster back in top form. So for those who do not recall, while Optic had sent Sentinels to the loser's bracket in Raleigh, granted this was Sentinels' first match since coming from the open bracket and with formal in place of Royal 2, Sentinels actually had the last laugh, eliminating Optic from Raleigh and leaving Optic with a lackluster placing in the first Infinite LAN event. But this time... The air felt different around Optic. 
There was a sense of calm and determination on their faces as they looked to this matchup. Optic knew that Sentinels were just another speed bump on their way to the finals. They knew that their real threat was Cloud9. Optic Gaming start the series off strong with a 250-189 to 189 win on Stronghold Streets. But now it was Sentinels' turn to prove that they weren't going to stand by without a fight. Sentinels aren't known to be knocked into the loser's bracket, especially early on within the tournament. And they take the Slayer Aquarius win 50-42. to 42. Well, of course it went to the time limit. It's fucking this game type map combo. Optic happened to win a game I never thought they'd be able to win against Sentinels, period. CTF on Bizarre. And not only did they win, but in a 2-0 no less. Optic winning objective games consistently? What's happening, Will? But then, it happened. One of the weirdest losses I've ever seen in oddball history. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 We'll talk about it. So, Optics start the game off hot, taking the first round without much worry. Sentinels fight back and snatch the second round away from Optic. Okay, tied 1-1, sending the game into a last-round win scenario. Sentinels have the point advantage going into the final stretch of the round, 93-86. to But then Lucid just pops off, repulsing Royal 2 off the map back tower and getting the melee kill on Snakebite right there. So that's two dead, right? The ball is played, but APG is perfectly set up for the grab. APG makes his way to Lucid, who's holding down tower towards dummy side, when the Sentinel squad makes a last effort push to deny ball time to Optic. The game is tied, 93-93. Lucid, realizing he was about to be collapsed on a tower, threw the ball to Trippy to go towards camo side, he takes out the player flanking tower and situates himself top tower to regain his shield. He's just sitting behind the pillar. All while this is happening, the other two players on Sentinels, because they were two down, the other two players on Sentinels actually wrap around from tunnels to camo side, take out Trippy and Pistola, and regain control of the oddball to ultimately win the round 195 and the game, 2-1. to one. Now, half the, half the uh, Optic squad was on respawn. But unfortunately, the other half were nowhere near able to make a play. Because Lucid was sitting top tower. Mm-hmm. And then APG fucking, he must have been over by uh, B-side somewhere. Yeah, he spawned on that side. I'm pretty sure. It's just, you look, he's standing there waiting for his shields to recharge. And he just thinks like, you guys have to have this. Well, Lucid also had mentioned when he, him and APG first were juggling that ball, there was a little confusion. They didn't know which way to push. Sure. And he stated that. They, he's like, well, you go this way. No, go this way. And that little hesitation may have cost them that, that game. So I think it was Frosty who was coming from B-side tunnel up to where they were, like dummy side. And he got like naded out or whatever, but I think he killed APG before that happened. And mm-hmm. then, and that's why you're right. The, the, the communication flub and then lucid just like throws the ball to trippy to like, just go that way. And I'm going to go this way because there's a player that came up the, the steps. Yeah. I mean, hindsight's 2020 here, right? Yeah. 
but he kills the player coming up the steps. Yep. And he pushes the back tower to kill the second player. Yep. I would have rather him repositioned and helped out the ball and the team versus pushing for that kill. Sure. But also, you know that guy's there. You get two dead. All of a sudden, it's a three on two. and You think you have the advantage, but his teammates fell in that whole encounter. So, well, there was only one person back tower. It it was, uh, I forgot who it was, but there right. was only one person back tower because, so. I'm saying he killed the one elbow though, right? There was one elbow he got with the heat wave and then one went back tower. He pushed further. He was by the pillars, right? By the pillar back there that he got the melee kill on. Yeah, but that was before. That was after he repulsed World 2 off the map. Okay. That was World 2 and Snakebite. That was, that was before this debacle took place. That was right before. So he pushed back there again. Yeah, so he they had the communication flub, right? I thought that was the whole same sequence. But it was My right bad. before. No, you're fine. Frosty dies bottom, uh, bottom tunnel. Uh, APG dies. Lucid's up, but semi-weak. Tosses the ball to Trippy. Trippy runs camo side with Ola. Lucid doubles back, goes up the ramp to tower. Guy flanking steps back tower, kills him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then to regain his shields, goes up top tower and is standing behind the pillar, not realizing what the fuck is happening right outside. But the shitty part is, is that he had no, he didn't have any, um, like, uh, he didn't have any line of sight mm-hmm. on that scenario. So even if he wanted to help, he couldn't. And I'm like, well, fuck. Because the- I think in that moment, you risk being low and helping you push out help to help sure. the team. Sure. Especially in that, in that scenario. It was just, I think the shitty part was as soon as he turned around, I'd have to go back and watch again. They but both it's like, fell. Yeah. It's not right, like he had a chance. It's right there. It was right then and there. It's not, yeah. It's not like he had a chance to help. Yeah. It's it's just, it sucks because the two players on Sentinels just come from the other, like from uh, from B-side tunnels in through, excuse me, and they go and they just they just flank them and they just catch them. I, I think they caught them completely off guard. Yeah. I think they, they probably thought they were going to have a control. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like, but you're right. That communication flub of where do we push is like, well, shit. Now you're just caught between a rock and a hard place. And that those that rock and hard place are two Sentinels players. I just, gu- I guess my, my mindset is you just killed two on C. You should think that you're going to have C control, not a control. Sure. Let's push. Let's hold this back tower. Sure. And you can play ball too, if need be with the game being that close in the time. And I'm wondering. I don't know. It seems it seems like that would have been the choice for me. I agree with you. I'm wondering if part of their mindset was, well, what if they flank that side too? Because what, what if they what, just if they, what ex- if they spawn nest? What if what if they expect us to be there and then they just make a push? But again, it's just it, it's it's a game of inches. You, you have no fucking idea. But I guess my the other. This is all again. No, they, hindsight's twenty twenty. They did spawn at, over there. They did spawn over there. It's just nest. the two that pushed uh, the other way, right? But then in Lucid's mind, he he's fighting on C, and he only sees one. Mm-hmm. You have to think the other the others are either bottom, nearby. Well, I would think they're bottom or going th- rotating through A, not because there's only one top C, one coming from that area. The sure. rest are bottom or going through A. So trippy going to A, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. But that, again, it's all in the moment. It's so fast. This is all hindsight 2020 for me. Absolutely. Uh, Fag says, got to run for a meeting. Look forward to hear the rest of the podcast. Hey, thanks, man. Thank you very much. 
All right. Uh, so at this point, right, you might be thinking to yourself, well, Optiker are no way going to be able to win game five against the now heated up Sentinels. Might as well pack up the bags now, boys. I'd be saying the exact same thing if we were talking about the old Optic, but not this time. No. Instead, can I interest you, Will, in a 50 to 28 Slayer on recharge to win the series three to two going in the favor of Optic? Because that is exactly what happened. It was nuts. I don't know what else to say. Now, we all know that anyone can win a Slayer. Mm -hmm. But not everyone can win a Slayer that dominantly against one of the greatest teams to ever play the game. Optic did that in a game five to keep moving within the winner's bracket. Optic are finally finding their groove and living up to that potential. Let's move the loser's bracket, Will. This is where the real fun starts, okay? But not for Space Station because... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Ouch. Well, I mean... So, true. spoiler true. alert right. for our predictions, we predicted that Space Station would be next to X-Set getting top 7-8, right? Well, no. So, Space Station got eliminated with a top 16 finish by Esports Arena Red 3-1. to one. Again, signifying that Space Station did not win a single series of the tournament. So, there's that. Space Station really needs to do some soul searching. Really, really badly. Losers round three. United versus Faze. A Slayer dominant team who couldn't win either Slayer in the series. Such is the life of Faze. But that won't be the storyline of this series. Oh, no, 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 it will not be. Can we talk about that Spartan Repulsor play in Game 5 Slayer on Recharge? Sure, United were already up in the game 47 to 39, but holy moly, Spartan gets a shock rifle kill on Bound from Top Sword and Falcated repulses Spartan off the map. Okay? Or so he thinks. Spartan has a repulsor in his back pocket, and instead of falling to his death, he aims at the ground, repulses perfectly, and lands on the sword platform instead. Ryan New finished off the kill on Falcade, and before we know it, the game is over 50 to 41. Along with the series 3 to 2. Okay. FaZe didn't do anything in this event to make me feel more confident in them moving forward. When they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, they're forced to be reckoned with, but when they're not and they aren't a lot of the time, then their world starts to crumble around them. FaZe played two top four teams in this event with Sentinels and E-United, and they lost both. The focus needs to be on teamwork and communication. Comms have yet to be a strong suit for this team from everything we've heard this far. They need a leader to take initiative and lead the team to becoming who we believe they can be. Stats mean nothing, especially on paper. This team has the stats. Now they need the wins to back them up. 
Fays are sent home with a top 7th and 8th finish, their worst placing thus far. Was not expecting that at all. I don't think either of our predictions had them anywhere near that. Nope, they, they weren't. So, <laughs> losers round five, okay? United versus Sentinels. So I'll be the first to admit that I didn't see this one coming. I predicted Sentinels to win the entire event. Remember that, Will? Yep. That backfired for me. Um, <laughs> but United wanted their own grand finals rematch against Cloud9. And even though they had a ways to go to get back to that point, they were just better than Sentinels in the series. And Spartan is a madman on land. Foreshadowing, by the way. I can't remember the last time EU United won a game one in any of the series they played during this event. I swear to God, they lost every single game one. Even Spartan called it out in an interview. He's like, we have to win a fucking game one at some point. Well, they did now. CTF on Bazaar went the distance, leading to a sudden death scenario with an unorthodox flag run down alley and basement by Ryan Noob. Something you don't see very often at all. The Slays went the way of United, and even though a last-second push ended Ryan Noob's life and flag run, Spartan was right behind him to clutch the cap and win the game. And right after that, right after that, you see Spartan just in his face cam. Let's fucking go! Like, yeah, Spartan, fucking get it. Getting hyped. He Let's just say he does that every game that they win. Yeah. So... And yes, Justin, they played phase. Phase played badly. And if if I ever got to main stage and won a game, I'd be screaming, "Let's fucking go!" Every time, too. <laughs> you know, I can't blame the man. But then you'd be called toxic online. Yeah, so. you know. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit. <laughs> so, Will, is it just me, or have a lot of Slayer games been really close during this tournament? Oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, here's there's another. A few, there's a few fifty forty nines that happened, right? Yeah, I feel I feel like there really was. There's a good amount, like fifty forty sevens. Yeah, a lot of really close ones. Yeah, like I felt like in Halo, honestly in Halo Five, it was a lot of once someone once a team hit like the thirty or thirty five point mark, one of the teams just took off. And I don't know if that was due to power weapon timing or what, but it always games always set at, seemed to be fifty to thirty seven or fifty to thirty eight or thirty nine. Right, maybe low forties, but never like fifty to forty eight consistently. Right. I agree, especially when you're playing on fucking like, uh, oh my God, Regret. I hated Regret Slayers, man. I hated them. Um, so, well, here's another one for you. This time, going the way of Sentinels, 50 to 47. Oddball on Live Fire was next up, with both teams trading rounds until a clutch ball hold bottom mid ends the game 2-1 going to E-United. Spartan's still popping off, by the way. <laughs> This series comes to a close with strongholds on recharge. But who is leading the charge? Get it? Pun intended. Well, United, obviously. But it was the team effort across the board. Ryan Oob and Rain took the slays into their own hands, with Nick on cleanup duty and Spartan just making sure things didn't get out of hand. Sentinels made a valiant effort to try and bring the series to a game five, but United didn't want to chance it. They took control when it was needed and put a stamp on the series, sending Sentinels home with a fourth place finish. 
and therefore fucking up my predictions. <laughs> so, well, the doubters can't blame the bracket this time around, can they? United have done what a lot of people wouldn't think possible. They took down FaZe and Sentinels to send both teams home from the tournament. Their next opponent? Oh, just the same team that sent them into losers in the first place. It's Optic Gaming. And they're angry. Losers finals. Optic Gaming versus United. But it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows on the Optic side to start game one. Strongholds on live fire. Instead, United get off to a 191 to 87 point lead. What happens next can only be described as a total collapse of control by United, allowing Optic to claw their way back and eventually win the game 250 to 241. They were up by over 100 points in that stronghold, and they couldn't clutch it out. I'm sorry to say the next game was even more heartbreaking. Game 2, Slayer on Recharge got off to an even start up until United take a commanding 10-kill lead, making the score 23-13. to Let me know if you've heard this story before. United get a big lead and somehow, some way, make one devastating decision which cost them the game? Well, it happened, and that devastating play was made by King Nick, who had sword and camo when the game was tied 47-47. to United had it all planned out. Optic were trapped in red. Nick pops camo, and Ryan Oob drops sword for him. Okay? 30 seconds remaining in the game, and Nick starts to make his way to red from elevator, making sure no one's hiding around a corner. So he's checking corners. He's doing what he's supposed to do, right? <sighs> With a grapple in his back pocket, Nick attempts to make the attack on his prey. Unfortunately for him, Optic had other plans. Nick backs down and attempts to go in red from across shock, shock rifle spawn. So like that little platform, right? Yeah, I believe he got spotted a little bit he beforehand. Did. That's he why he had to, yep. di- had to divert. Yeah. Yep. So he gets spotted, has to run back, tries to go through the other entrance. But Nick was simply outplayed. He drops sword for Trippy, who gets the kill on an unsuspecting Spartan. And Pistola gets the final kill off screen. Optic take the win 50 to 47 and Eoniter just unable to fully regroup. That was devastating. Yeah. They they looked like they were primed to finish the fucker out. And they Nick had the perfect play. He was going to zip right in, get the first kill right off the bat. He didn't zip right in. He wasn't able to get the first kill. They see him. He tries going up again. Charged plasma pistol shot misses him completely, but he still he runs in whiffs the attack, gets annihilated. Mm. So, I, the comms weren't quick enough for the United side, so Spartan just tries to go in exactly where Nick went in. Trippy had sword then and there, killed him, and it was just a massacre. Sometimes, you know, that, that, that play is pushed now, so everyone goes. Yep. And the fact that he died and dropped sword. And he couldn't say prob- anything. There probably wasn't enough yeah, time to be that's like, exactly whoa, whoa, <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing, whoever eagled that item at first, though, that's real, the real MVP of that situation because that, that <sighs> made the play collapse for United. This series, I felt like could have easily been a 3-2 series to either team. It just, yep. the, the cards fell the way of optic here. <sighs> well, 
game three with CTF on Aquarius. United have a one flag advantage over Optic up until less than two minutes. Two minutes left in the game. CTF Aquarius is not Optic strong suit. Nope. At all. Nope. They need, this is, if there was one mode I'd say they need work on, it's this one. Well, guess what? This story repeats itself. Optic get two flag caps in quick succession and allow time to run out to win the game two to one and the series three to zero, oh, sending United home with a third place finish in Anaheim. Did you talk about the double shock rifle to tie up the Slayer? No, I did not. I forgot about it, to be honest with you. Are we talking about the uh, the chain reaction kill that took place? Or just the, just the straight up double? Because there, the, someone got a chain reaction at one point in time. Wasn't it a Sentinels guy? I think so. Maybe it was Royal 2. Yeah. But like, I yeah. just, it was funny because I don't, I didn't see it. Like I saw the one guy he killed, but I didn't see the second at all. It's like, I don't know where the fuck that guy was, but it is weird. So I, but, be, I am enjoying the shock rifle more and more. It's, it's good. difficult to use. It's satisfying when you get the, the perfect. Yep. And it's a perfect, not a headshot or not. A, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's different than the sniper. Because if you look at, like, it has that those three dots. Those are three separate shots, you could say, coming yep. out of that rifle. So. Oh, just a United peaking corners and getting dropped. <sighs> Poor United. Poor United, man. That it was, it, they literally collapsed each game in that series. They just, they couldn't, they couldn't pull it together. So the grand finals. Cloud9 versus Optic Gaming. A match I didn't necessarily see happening. Um, I think in, yeah, in my predictions, I had Optic taking third, as a matter of fact, because I thought Sentinels were going to win the entire thing. Um, But here we are. The grand finals, Optic Gaming making it. Um, What's up, Nono? Welcome. Grand finals, Cloud9, Optic Gaming. Optic are finally starting to live up to their expectations. Unfortunately for them, they need to win back-to-back best-of-seven series against the most dominant team in the league. The same team that sent them to the loser's bracket in a 3-0 loss. Let's just say the odds are not in their favor. And the first game proved it, with Cloud9 continuing to not crumble under pressure and take the oddball on live fire win 2-0, even after a technical difficulty restart. Game two, Slayer on Streets did not go according to plan for Optic either, having to claw their way back from a nine-kill deficit in the middle of the game, all to ultimately lose in a deflating defeat, 50-49. to Optic understand what they need to do to win. The only question is whether they can actually execute. Remember when E-United had a 1-0 cap advantage for the majority of the game against Optic in the Losers' Finals? all for Optic to gain the lead at the last second and win the game? Surely the same thing can't happen against Optic, can it? Well, it's nearly what happened in CTF on Bizarre. 1-0 for Optic going into the under two-minute mark in the game when Cloud9 finally get a flag capture of their own to tie the game 1-1. Next up, Sudden Death. After some back and forth between the two teams, Pistola decides to charge into double doors, mangly dangly in hand, and take the game into his own hands. 
Along with a couple crucial cleanups by Lucid and APG, Pistola is able to grab the flag, get a mangler kill on Penguin, and push the flag outside tree. After another round of slays in the back of Lucid with a fresh set of rockets, Optic are able to get the flag capture and win the game. The series is now 2-1. to one. That's right, Maddie. The good old mangly dangly. And that's the thing that surprised me in that is that I also feel bizarre CTF is one of their worst game types. And the, the, the thing that surprised me from a cloud nine perspective is how, when I, I mean it, Pistola literally ran in double doors straight up with a mangler in hand, just alone. And there were two people. I think the thing that worked out perfectly for them is that as he was just trucking in, they weren't paying attention to him at all. Mm-hmm. They were focused on tree side and, uh, and BR spawn or whatever cafe. They were, they were watching cafe and tree and Ola was able just to go up top flag, get the guy that was weak, pick him off. And the slays just went in optics favor. Optic were already towards the middle of the map as it is. So they were able to get the fresh rockets off respawn and just collapse. It just, it worked. Mm-hmm. And it's things you don't see very often in terms of like uh, a potential screw up by cloud nine in that regard, not being able to set up properly and even like optics setting up properly. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it was a weird, weird thing, but they, they took the win. So it was at this point that cloud nine turned on the gas. Not much to be said about game three strongholds on recharge as it was a dominant victory over optic two fifty to one eighteen. series. Now three to one lucky for them slayers on the menu and anyone can win a slayer. <laughs> so even though anyone can win a slayer, it doesn't always mean the battle will be easy. On the contrary, Cloud9 had all intentions on closing out the series right then and there, but unfortunately for them, Optic have learned from their past mistakes. Optic get the key kills when needed and take the game 50-46. to 46. We finally have a real series. Now 3-2 to two in favor of Cloud9. Will we finally see a team bring Cloud9 to a Game 7? Come on now, I like Optic too, but you couldn't possibly believe that they're bringing Cloud9 to a Game 7. Could you? Spoiler alert, they didn't. Round one of Oddball on Streets was a massacre, to put it lightly. Cloud9 kept the pressure throughout the entire round to win convincingly 100-20. to Optic didn't have a single player getting over the five-kill mark in the first round. And while the second round was closer by comparison, it wasn't nearly enough to challenge the reigning champs. Cloud9 assert their dominance once more with a 178-round win and a 4-2 series win to become your HCS Anaheim and back-to-back Infinite Land champions. That's it. That was the tournament. Yes, other series took place, but that was the tournament. Will, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Well, I'll, I'm just going to run through... Let's run through the actual placings here. Go for it. And then we'll do our predictions, and then I will go through my thoughts. Oh, and our awards. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, how it all shook out in 7th, 8th, X-Set, and Phase Clan taking home 3600 bucks and 4200 pro points. In 5th, 6th, Pioneers and G2, uh, 4620 
dollars. I was kind of hoping there there'd be like a four twenty sixty nine situation with that, oh but they, they got close but couldn't finish it off. Uh, and four thousand eight hundred pro points. In fourth place was Sentinels, nine thousand three hundred sixty dollars, fifty four hundred pro points. Third, E United, sixteen thousand eight hundred dollars, uh, sixty six hundred pro points. Second, then went to Optic as we stated, thirty three grand and nine thousand pro points, and then Cloud Nine taking home. $54,000 and 15,000 pro points. And if the totals look a little weird, it's because the prize pool was actually increased due to crowdfunding. There you go. So that's really fucking cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, our predictions predictions. <laughs> so I had cloud nine in first. Hey, I got one, right? You did. I had Sentinels in second. Cause I thought they were going to come back hot. Yep. Uh, phase in third. I, that's never happening again for me until they can prove themselves. Yep. Fourth E United. Yeah. Uh, fifth, sixth, I had Optic Pioneers. Pioneers was correct there. Yep. And then in seventh, eighth, I had Space Station Space Station Exit, and Exit was correct there. Yes, it was. Uh, for my predictions, I predicted Sentinels were going to win the entire thing, and they did not. So I got that wrong. I then said that Cloud9, because they're dominant too, they would actually get second. But I was wrong on that. Optic, I was correct. They got third place overall. Well, no, they got yeah, second. second. I got that wrong too. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. You can change that. Phase, I said would get fourth. They did not. I was wrong there. And then Pioneers, I was right. Xset, I was right. United, I was wrong. Space Station, I was wrong. I was wrong all along. <laughs> um, yeah, this is why we don't do predictions, folks. It's so tough too because like it is. Pools can make a bracket. Uh, I don't know how else to say it other than fucky. Well, Sentinels are what made the bracket fucky. Sure. But but that's, I mean, we'll talk about when we talk about our overall thoughts, but the people who said, oh, fucking E-United had an easy bracket at Raleigh, fuck you. You're going to come with that same energy now? They still, you know. Please, come with the same energy now and see how much you fucked up. <laughs> Please. Will, we got some awards to give out. Yeah, our own generated awards. From Josh's mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I just typed these out. I'm sorry. Um, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to do this. Yeah, it's it. I'm, no, I'm excited. So, the HCS Pro Talk Awards, HCS Anaheim Edition. We were. I, I was think I was gonna try to get like uh, non copyrighted like award show music mm. to play in the background, but oh well. You just get some like. I can find stuff. Yeah, you should find stuff. Maybe next time. Maybe. Yeah. If we remember. There we go. <laughs> First up, I have some team awards I'd like to give out. And then, oh. we have, then we have player awards. I just read the first one. Yeah. So the biggest disappointment award. This is for a team who failed to win a single series in the entire event. A team who Will and I both predicted to get 7th, 8th placing. They did not. They got top 16 out of 16 teams. That team, that award for biggest disappointment goes to... No need for drum roll. Space Station Gaming. And I'll even throw a runner-up in there. Runner-up is going to be these. Yeah. Because they did not perform well at all. Um, Martin says, that's an understatement. Elamite didn't really do much as a coach also, so it was down bad all around. Wow. Also, Martin, to you and the team that worked the event, thank you very much for putting on a spectacular event. 
our next award goes, our, our next award is for the biggest surprise. Again, this is a team award. Biggest surprise award for the team. This team, this team surprised the fuck out of me because I, while they did not get top eight as they were hoping to in this event, I mean, obviously they were hoping to go even further. The fact of the matter is they took second place in their pool where we thought Space Station would have, but they did not. And this team brought Cloud9. I don't care what day of the week it is. They brought Cloud9 to a Game 5. Ladies and gentlemen, your biggest surprise award goes to Fnatic. Congratulations, Fnatic. You guys deserve it. I know you guys didn't get the placing that you wanted, but you surprised the fuck out of me. Our next team award is the most improved award. This team got a better placing than I predicted. And I predicted them to have a good placing. All things considered. Um, they won close games. They showed that they had the resilience that they had to drive to finish games out when they needed to. They were able to play more as a team. Their calm sounded calmer. And like I said, there was just a different type of air around them. This event, your most improved award goes to optic gaming. Congratulations, optic. I don't have physical awards for you. So you're not going to be getting anything from me. Just my praise. <laughs> Unless you're space station, in which case, no. But hey, you got fire merch though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, good stuff. If we had a best merch award, I'd give it to you, but there's no spectators at this event, so no merch boots, you know. Our next team award is the most consistent award. This award is going to a team that while they did not place the same as they did at Raleigh, they still showed that they can fight with the top dogs and even knock out some top dogs and send them the fuck home. Your most consistent award goes to E United. Thanks, Will. Sorry, I'm. Thank you so much. At things. E United, congratulations on winning the most consistent award. Uh, hopefully, you're able to make that next step. You clearly proved that even with Phase not playing. Very well. You, they did take you to a game five. You guys clutched it out and you sent Sentinels home as well. So can't really complain too much about that. And then the last team award that I have that at least I could think of is the most dominant award. And who the fuck you think this is going to go to? It goes cloud nine. Yep. Not to sound like, Oh, ooh, cloud nine, but no, you guys are fucking dominant and there's nothing else to be said about that. I have three, count them, three player awards that I'd like to give out for this event as well. Uh, if you were listening earlier on in the show, then you knew that this was foreshadowing for what I'm about to talk about now. You're the Onland Madman Award. This Onland Madman played out of his mind on land. Um and was on the team that helped send FaZe and Sentinels home in the elimination or losers bracket. Your on-land madman award goes to Spartan 
the dog. Congratulations, Spartan. Keep fucking popping off, bro. Keep popping off. (laughs) The next award that I have is the biggest anchor award. This is for a, the, the, the reason why it's the biggest anchor is because this is the teammate that you can rely on to just do the fucking dirty work, right? To hold your team, anchor them down and make sure you're all on the same page. Comms are clicking. Everything's gelling. Everything's going to be okay, man. He's a really great player to boot. Your greatest anchor award goes to none other than Lucid. Arguably the best player in the game. And that's alongside a renegade. That's alongside a stellar, you know, Lucid's incredible. And he, no offense to the other players on that team, but he is the best player on that team. And he's the in-game leader as well. He's the one that's holding down the comms. So he's the one coordinating pushes. Maybe, maybe that oddball one wasn't so great, but Hey, you know, you win some, you lose some, right? And then finally, the final award that I have for individual player is a uh, best player as a matter of fact. Now I said that lucid is one of, if not arguably the best player in the game right now, but I can't give him this award. No, because for all intents and purposes, his team did not win while he did have an incredible performance throughout the event. So did other players and other players on the winning team. Ladies and gentlemen, the best player in my mind currently in Halo Infinite is going to go to Renegade. Or Renegade, for that matter. The man can do it all. And it really just feels like he's just picking up, picking up where he left off in Halo 5. I mean, it feels like that whole roster is really. But congratulations, Renegade. Uh, Martin says... Thanks, guys. Off to sleep, exhausted, running on zero sleep. You need to go to fucking sleep. Uh, and regarding Space Station, the players took the phase logo from their warm-up room and attached it to the garbage can after they lost. Wow. Uh, Esports Arena for runner-up for biggest surprise also. Man, those guys were competing in every series, even taking a game off C9 and Sentinels. Like I said, man, they only took one game off them. Fnatic took two. But no, good job to Esports Arena Red as well. And congratulations on being picked up, for that matter. That's it for the awards that I have. Will, what were your overall thoughts of the tournament? All right. I took some, you know, series. Overall, a very entertaining tournament. Yes. Got great series, a great weekend of games. And I just hope things only get better from here. Um, Some bullet points that I took away. I said, what is going on with FaZe? They have too much talent on that team to be placing where they're placing. It feels weird. There's something not going right there, and they need to fix it. Space Station not living up to a top team expectation. They're a partnered org. And the yeah, top 16. It just seems like they got some soul searching to do, as you said earlier as well. Yep. Uh, United performing well on land. A lot of talk was about how they weren't placing well in the online qualifiers. And I would say my, my thought was the same. It's like, oh, they they got two, top two at Raleigh, but now they're not playing well. I don't expect them to do well. They're a land team, it sounds like. They're just, they play better on land, and they're proving it. We'll see if this cons- consistency continues. 
And I'm excited for them. They deserve to be up there is right where they are because they're playing very well. Yes. Uh, Optic also playing much better than I anticipated. And I just said, can we be done with the ups and downs for Optic? Please. Like, get rid of the championship whites for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of them. Throw them in the trash. Get rid of them. And uh, I said, Sentinels are no longer the top dogs. Will their work ethic get them back there? Um, they just got Royal 2 back. It was their first tournament with them. That's it. Um, it could be that United, Cloud9, and Optic just have their number right now in this game, but it's always been Sentinels are going to put the work in to figure, figure it out and get it back on point. Um, we'll see if they achieve their, their dynasty dreams again. Um, and then C9 remains dominant, but Optic Fanatic taking games off them. Is this the opening teams can take advantage of? Will, will we start to see some more games fall the way of C9 opponents after they have been beat? by these two teams. Maybe people can see the uh, the light through the tunnel, so to speak, of, oh, this is the one thing that broke the setup for C9, or this is the where, they, where they're not looking on these flag runs. This you know That film review from this tournament with teams finding some success can open the door for other teams. All you have to do is have a player have the mangly dangly and run <laughs> double doors on Bazaar. Yeah, catch just, them off guard every time. Just run right at them. Just do it. Hey, hey why not? You know? <laughs> Quit doing this methodical shit. Yeah. Just run forward. No, no strategy. Just get in there. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> so yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at. Those are the kind of my, my storylines, my things to look for moving forward. Awesome. Did you have any other uh, thoughts that you wanted to add in as well? Yeah. I agree with everything you say as well. Um, I, I have cloud nine remaining dominant. They are, they are what halo fives, uh, CLG optic talks was right. Um, now, like I've said it so many times in the show, and I, I, it bears repeating every time, uh, the majority, three-fourths of this Cloud9 roster were the Splice roster that won 2018 Worlds, okay? It's just Penguin instead of Shotzi. So they have the skill. And the other thing, too, is, okay, <sighs> oh, my God. Um, there's a point that I have here where... I've been seeing so much shit online about, oh, Optic would be so much better if they dropped such and such and picked up Formal. Oh, United would be so much better if they dropped such and such and pick up Formal. You know what I fucking saw today? Hmm. Oh, Penguin could be replaced with anybody and they'd still be as good. Okay, look. No. That's not how it fucking works. You don't take, when you watch professional sports, right? Like the NFL, NHL, MLB, uh, soccer in our world, right? When you watch these professional sports, right? And you, you take, you, you take a, a player and you replace it with another player. You think they're going to play the exact same? No, they're not going to play the exact same because each player has their own skill set. People, thoughts about Bill Belichick aside, right? Just thinking about him as a American football coach. That's it. That's the only thing I want people to think about this as. As a coach, he goes out and he picks players that will fit his system. He has made so many players out there into Super Bowl champions when other teams 
think that that player might just be broken. That player just will not work for them no matter what they fucking do. It's because they're not utilizing that player's skill set. That player may not just be gelling with the team. So Belichick will look at it and be like, you know what? I can make that work. I see something in him that I can use. Come on over here. Let's give it a shot, right? And then the work ethic, the determination behind it, they win Super Bowls, okay? Yeah, Tom Brady was great. Let's not get you twisted. The GOAT, but still. You can't just replace Penguin on Cloud9 with Spartan, for example, or anybody else, and just think that it's going to be, oh, be the same team. No. You hear it every single time in their interviews that they have. We just really play well together. We feed off each other. It just really works out for us. Our comms are on point. We're really good together. We like each other. It's not just about stats on a scoreboard, guys. It's never just about stats on a scoreboard. If you work together as a team and you gel together as a team, all it takes are a couple big plays to swing a game, to swing a series. But if you guys, if your team is the more focused, the more prepared, the more gelled together item, you're more than likely going to win more games. And Cloud9 just work so well together. So no, you can't just fucking pluck Penguin out of there and put somebody else in and think it's going to be the same team. It's not how it fucking works. Plain and simple. The next point I have here is Optic making good progress, working more on playing together, another point, while also not focusing on getting power-ups. And I think that was a big thing that hurt them. Yes, they got second in the tournament. But I can only imagine if they had proper setups to get more power-ups. Because, yeah, the camo doesn't last as long. The overshield drains a lot quicker, right? But those can be, they can change the tide of a game. Especially if you get more than one. And they weren't doing that. They were not prioritizing power-ups on the map. Cloud9 was. United was. I really want to see them fix that up. United remaining consistent, but not taking that next step. Not being able to close out games when the opportunity was presented to them. And this again gets back to the point of, I want everybody to shut the fuck up on, oh, Ryan needs to leave. Like, they need to get rid of Ryan. Oh, they need to get rid of Rain. Oh, Spartan, fuck Spartan, right? No, fuck all that. The reason why they play so well, especially on land, is because they work well together. Same thing. Guys, I don't want to hear any shit. I talked about this earlier. I don't want to hear any shit about, oh, they got an easy bracket. Fuck you. Are you serious? They got dropped to losers by Optic in a in, in basically an easy matchup for Optic, all things considered, because they just crumbled. But they shook that loss off. 
And when the rubber met the road, United went on a run themselves. Eliminating phase, which granted they weren't playing that well at this tournament at all, but the game went to game five, United clutched it out. Simple as that. And they beat Sentinels with their full roster. Then the argument could be made, oh, they didn't they didn't have enough practice. Do you think I give a fuck? No. I mean it's a even so, if it's e- United and even if Sentinels beats them and United takes fourth, it's still a hell of a run. Yes, but they beat them. They did. So I don't want to hear any shit about they have an easy bracket or or they're not a top four team. You guys are basing this off online qualifiers. Congratulations, bro. You're wrong. Live with it. Sentinels getting back to top form with Royal two back while still showing they need some additional practice as an entire squad. Will, you made mention of this too. Royal 2 just got back. They already have the chemistry there. They've been playing with each other for so long. Something that was made uh, apparent in this uh, is that with Royal 2 back, this is the first time in, what, over two years that they played together on land again because he was suspended for a little bit. So, yeah, they're going to need a little bit more practice to get back into the groove as being a full squad because they've been they've been scrimming with formal for so long. They weren't. They were. They were scrimming with royal or playing with royal two still during like the while during his suspension. Yeah, before before the qualifier took place. Like I think it was right before the qualifier took place. I thought it was said that like yeah, formal played with them, but they were still scrimming with. Well, they, Royal two. I don't know because they still had to play in the pro series leading up to the quali. Right, and I, I heard like through uh, through that he was still jumping into games with them. Like it, it wasn't okay. like he was just fully gone. Well, either way, I say it by my point. I mean, yeah, they're back on land for the first time. It's it is a yep. little, it's different, a little different. Um, yeah. Oh, there you go. Relent. Thank you. So I made this point again. Needless demands for roster changes are baseless for the top uh, four to six teams in the league. Phase regressing. This is something that I saw the question of, is this a, is this a snipe down issue where is snipe down splitting his time too much between um, apex and halo? Frankly, I don't think that's the problem here. And I and I talked about it when we did our recap where I truly believe they don't have somebody leading that team. Towie's the coach, sure, but I truly don't think you have a leader in that game who's taking responsibility for things and is trying to push that team further. I don't see it. Every time every time we see these, um, every time we see the scrims that they have, every time we get listenings from them, they don't sound cohesive. Their comms, they, they just don't, they're not confidence inspiring. I guess you could say like a cloud nine, like an E United, like an optic. They're just not there. So, while I do believe that some teams are going to be looking at making changes, we already know that formal wants to be on a top squad. Yes. 
He doesn't want to... He's not going back to Space Station. I can basically guarantee you that. He wants a winning squad. He wants a winning squad. And if this was any indication, Space Station are a long way from being there. No offense to you guys, but wow. So, and I just can't see a top four to six team making a change for formal when you can't get, when formal sounds like he can't guarantee that he'd be there forever. And even then let's say, let's say they make one of these top four to six, uh, top, top four, top six teams make a change and formal comes in, right? What's to say that after that year or after the season and they don't win worlds, what's he going to do then? Is he going to stick with the team or leave? Because if I, like I've said this before, if I was an owner of an org or like a GM of an org and I looked at him, yeah, his, his skills incredible. Like nobody's doubting that. Nobody's doubting the skill that he has. That's why a lot of teams want him. Duh. But I'd want consistency and I want longevity. Like I want to build a roster that if we don't win the first land or whatever, we're going to stick together. We're going to work it out and see what happens. We can make a change down the line if things really don't work out, but that's, I guess it's why I'm not a GM. I don't fucking know. <laughs> right. Um, but the, the phase regressing thing is fucking weird. I don't, I really don't think it's a time issue with snipe down. I just don't No, I don't think so either. He's, He's playing Apex for enjoyment, right? He's teaming with Nick Merckx. It's not like super serious right. where he was grinding every day with TSM. Do they even have like a... I'm honestly asking. Do they have like a roadmap for events? I don't know. I, I don't know either. Okay. Um, but either way, like, I think you're right in that regard too. It's It it, it feels like it's more of a for fun thing. Halo feels like the, the thing that he's going to be... That his main thing. And I... They have, they have great players on that team. Yeah, Apex Relent, yeah. They just, they have great players on that phase roster, and they just can't, I'm telling you, I feel like they don't have an in-game leader. I just really don't. And, and sometimes you need that to remain composed, and they just don't feel composed. Well, you have what? Falcated, boo-boo. Um, bound, bound and snipe and snipe and yeah. snipe is the only like real veteran, right? Yeah. He's the veteran on the roster. And if he's, he's not, not a leader, yeah, I guess I don't know. Like with, with straight ripping back in the day, Halo three days when snipe down had just basically come in, right? Tom Taylor T squared was the leader of that team. It's just, so Posse, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> We're not talking about replacements, God damn it. God, come on, bro. Um, but so we can agree that FaZe either needs to kick, get their own butts in gear here. They do. They really do. And figure it out. Or yep. maybe they do. Maybe this is a team that does need a change if something's not gelling. We don't know behind the scenes right now. Right. And that's that brings back to the whole point about gelling as a team. And if they don't gel as a team, that Maddie. Oh my oh, yeah, god! Yeah, Maddie says let's bring it over here. Formal. <laughs> um. So that's that's all that. Um. And can we can we just drop? Can we drop the fucking 
Optic need to drop somebody for formal talk now? Can we drop that shit, please? Can we just drop it? I don't want to see that shit anymore. I was, I was expecting them to get third this event. I would have been happy with third because in, in my mind, if they got third at this event, I would be looking at it as, okay, we've made natural progress. Yeah. If we can keep that going and they talk about it in their, in their interviews, how we feel like we're more practiced. Now we feel like we're one of the most practiced teams at the event. Well, it fucking showed they got second. So there's that. It, it's uh, God. It, the internet pisses me off. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Um, the next thing I want to point out and I talked about before is a fanatic fanatic making a statement. That was the big thing for me. Yes. They did not get a top eight placing. I, I hoped they would have gotten a top eight placing. Just fuck my predictions even further, but they, they played well. They played overall very well for a team that I was not expecting to do anything in this event. So good on fanatic. Um, I didn't include this here, but fuck Kratos kind of standard. Um, <laughs> just the overconfidence. Yeah. Exit by the way. Um, them taking C9 to a game five was unreal. Yeah, it was fucking crazy, right? Like it, now granted it was C9's first game on Saturday, but at the same time they took him to a game five. I'm not going to knock them because it's the first game of the day. Fuck that fanatic fanatic tried And that. I forgot which caster said it, but one of the casters said it might've been Tony. Um, but like, they're, they're playing, they don't have anything to lose here because nobody expects them to do anything. But if I were fanatic, like there's nothing against the caster who said it, but like, if I was fanatic, I'd be like, no, fuck that. I, I'm absolutely playing for something. We're playing to make a statement. We're playing to trying to get a, a better placing. Absolutely. And if you can take those games off C9, that, that should be confidence inspiring right there. Literally the best team in the game. And you, you took the same amount of games off cloud nine as optic did throughout the entire tournament. Think about that. (laughs) Stats don't matter when the teamwork is on point. Okay. Stats don't matter all the time. And again, all it takes is a single major play to turn the tide of a game or a series. As I swear, when, when United just could not win i i felt like their moral was just decaying with every loss and it just they couldn't get over that hump um overall i think talent did a great job Scherzi and echidna were great new additions that brought their own wit and charm to the casting now clutch while getting back into a groove towards the tail end of the event I think needs to tone it down for future events instead of having constantly acting like every play was a 49, 49 slayer game five clutch. Love you, man. Your predictions are shit on Twitter, by the way. It you're like Tim, the tap man out there for God fucking sake. But in all seriousness, please tone it down next time. Like, Every single time, it's like you were screaming at the top of your lungs. It got better towards the end of the event, which was very appreciated. But just for future reference, tone it down a little bit. Um, having every match streamed was amazing. 
regardless of the technical difficulties presented. Uh, an extra kudos to the production team for splitting every match into their own separate VOD on YouTube. If you go to the Halo Esports YouTube channel right now, if you go to the Halo Esports YouTube channel right now, all the matches are broken out into separate VODs. Really easy if you want to catch up on some series that you may have missed or you want to watch again. And then even without fans in attendance, the event was a blast to watch from start to finish. All the talent brought their all, and the teams behind the scenes did a phenomenal job in making sure everything ran as smoothly as possible. That's what I have. All right. Yeah. Um, want to catch up real quick. Tools. How's it going, sir? Good to see you. Uh, also, uh, I'll shout you out later as well, but uh, Sup Jakey, thank you so much for the follow and the fucking sub. Greatly appreciated. Uh, you'll get a woo in a little bit, I promise. Don't worry. Just hang tight. Um, Hossi asks, real talk, do you see anyone stepping up as a leader on that team besides Snipedown? No. I don't. Not at all. It The only player I could see doing it would be Boo Boo. But even at the... I, no. Like, yeah. Just because I think he's a little more charismatic than the others. So, like, I could see him, like, being that, all right, guys, let's fucking, I don't know. I, uh, at the same time, no. Yeah. Uh, Tool says, I think Clutch's in-game uh, analyst is the best, but he combines it with play-by-play. Um, And then Nono said, Clutch was play-by-play instead of color this tournament. Uh, Tashi mentioned, I read it after. Yeah, I saw, I saw the mention that he had a different role this event either way it's criticism regardless um do you see the phase vod about raleigh no i fucking i knew i missed something um hossy i doubt you're gonna be able to send it because i'll probably block it in the chat but maddie if you're able to find that link can you post it in the chat for me please because I totally meant to put that community creations. I fucking forgot. Um, Hasi says how Boo stayed till midnight after he played terrible. I did hear about that. Yeah. And see, that's, that's the thing too, is that, um, people were shitting on him for playing poorly. And then you go into those next online events and he's just popping off. And I'm like, we know this kid can do incredible things in this game. And seeing him put that work in, got to respect it, man. I I wish he could be the in-game leader of that team, but I just don't see it happening. But good for him. Seriously, that's fucking rad. Deserves it, man. Deserves it. Nice kid. Um, Brackets for pool play and the champ bracket, along with all of the VODs, the main VODs, not each one broken out. Okay, you can go to the YouTube channel and figure that shit out for yourself. Uh, but no, everything is included in the Google Doc of the show. It's the show, exclamation point, show notes in chat, if you want all that. And then for the individual series that we talked about as well, um, besides the pool play matches, those VODs are linked in there too. So if you want to watch the, the series that we mentioned, personally. Uh, for those who are tuning in live, feel free to keep the discussion going about HCS Anaheim. Uh, if something pops up that we want to talk about, we'll chime in about it. But that is going to do it for the HCS Anaheim post show for our show. 
which means, Will, I think it's time that we get into some regular news. Halo Community Updates called February Fix by Alex Wakeford. Hey, guys, do you remember that there's a video game out there that's on Steam um, and Xbox and the Windows Store? It's called Halo the Master Chief Collection. Did you know that, Will? Do you know that game exists? Hmm. Well, uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection's next game update is well underway. Working with the publishing team to get all the final details around when players can expect to see more content brought to this legacy collection. Right now, there's some amazing things cooking that players have been asking questions about. We'll have more to say soon, so stay tuned in the coming weeks for the next MCC development blog, which will shed light on plans for the MCC in 2022 and how that content is going to roll out. Relent asks, what teams will make a team change? None of the top four through six. And for all intents and purposes, therefore, I don't care. We'll find out if they make a change next week because they, like I've said, I think... I forgot whether or not I mentioned this in person or not, or even on this show, but in my mind, at least I was thinking that if optic regressed, they'd be the only team that I could see thinking about it, having discussions around it. They're the only, Oh, relent. You're good. You're good, dude. You're perfectly fine. They're the only team that I could see having discussions around do we make a change or not if they would have regressed but since they didn't and they placed better than what i thought they were going to do and they took games off cloud nine i don't think they make a change at all i think that's the team that was one of the only teams that i thought about would make a change in these top four through six and i don't think they do phase could be talked about they, like Will said, they have soul searching to do, man. They got to figure some shit out because something is not clicking in that team. Um, Do you think any of the rest of the teams need to make a team change or just chalk this event and move forward? Huh. If I'm looking at... Relent, I'm going to put an umbrella over this, right? Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to make two bubbles. The first bubble is the 8th through 16 place teams at Anaheim. That's bubble number one. That bubble will more than likely see probably at least two team, at least two roster changes between now and Kansas City. I don't know what the teams are going to be that make the changes. I can just see it happening for those teams because naturally that's kind of what happens in this space, right? Is you have these lower placing teams making a change drastically thinking it's going to make them inc improve incredibly. And that's just not going to be the case, but they're going to make the change regardless. One of those teams being space station at this point, because they also need to fucking do something. I'm curious though about contracts because we don't have contract detail. Right. The only some thing that players we know, said that they've signed a year long contract. King J from uh BBG. The only person that we know that signed a year long contract based off of his discussion on Reddit. Would this have to be like a trade situation versus a with, with contracts? You know what I mean? It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Yep. And you have until roster lock for Kansas city. So moves could happen. But I swear, there, there's something, that Space Station roster, oh my God. 
they have been put through the ringer. And then, then the question becomes, do they, do they tough it out? Like, are they like, we were dealt a bad hand to begin with that. You know what? Like, like relents, like, do we just chalk it up? Chalk up Anaheim. We clearly weren't prepared for this. And let's go back to the lab heads down, focus up face down, ass up. That's the way I like to fuck and just get to work. Right. I, I'm a person who doesn't necessarily like team changes for the sake of team changes. Relent. If there's something that you need to know about me, that's me. I don't like when teams make drastic changes just for the fuck of it. If they think that they're going to go from a top 16 to a top four team with one roster change, that's not the way it's going to work out. Right. We've seen this so many times, but if you, Take into consideration the people that you have around you and the team that you're trying to build. I could understand more of a justified roster change. Space Station are in a moment right now of conflict where they have a team of players who on paper should be playing a lot better than what they are right now. They were dealt the bad hand with the formal situation and they were, it's just been a, a whirlwind of shit thrown at them, right? And with their placing in Anaheim, what do you do? What do you do? So I could see them making a change. But personally, personally, I would love to see them stick together and try to work it out. Because like Will and I predicted last week, we didn't think that they were going to do as bad as they did. They didn't even win a single series. Like, that's it's sad. It's just sad. I thought they were going to get top eight, but they didn't get top eight at all. Uh, Hasi, do you think the state of the game is affecting professionals' de- uh, dedication to the game and competition? I think that's definitely a possibility, Hasi, and I'll get back to that point in a second because Relent asks, what is your other bubble? My other bubble is the top eight teams, right? So the the first bubble, you have your eight through 16 teams that more than likely two of those teams are going to make a roster change before Kansas City, okay? That's one bubble. Second bubble is your top eight teams that we have listed here from Anaheim, Xset, Phase, G2, Pioneers, Sentinels, United, Optic, and Cloud9. Cloud9, absolutely not. Optic Gaming, especially after this placing, getting second, absolutely not. United, nope. They have proven. The reason why I say United is not going to make a change, and and I said last week, I believe, that I could potentially see United making a change if Ryan Oob wanted to step down based off becoming a father. As a father myself, it's something that it... I don't mean this in a negative way. It takes a lot of time away from you, right? Because you are caring for a person. You are caring for another human being. And you want to spend that time with your child. And I know, and I'm, I'm guaranteed that his significant other is more than willing to, to compromise and allow uh, Ryan to do what he wants to do in competitive Halo, right? There's, there's that compromise there. But and I don't want to speak for Ryan because I'm not him, but if I were in his shoes, it's, it'd be a really, it'd be a big internal conflict to have, right? 
do you, you, you love the game that you compete in. You love the teammates that you play with, but you're going to be a brand new dad. Like, what do you, what do you do in that situation? Do you step down? Do you continue to compete? Is your mind going to be fully committed to it? Because as we've learned, right, it's not just a, it's not just hands on the six. It's a mental game as well. Is he going to be able to compete at that top form after having a child, a newborn? I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying that's a conversation that he needs to have with himself. I'm guaranteed he is having that conversation. So if Ryan Noob wanted to step down, that's a potential opportunity for a roster change. Would it be formal? Who the fuck knows? But there's that opportunity. Sentinels? No. Duh. Pioneers? Again, I don't think Pioneers would make a roster change. I don't see it happening. I think all those players gel really well together. I think they need to button some things up, but they played fairly well for the tournament, and I don't think they're going to make a change. G2 Esports? Eh, I'm going to say no. Um, just because this is more practice under their belt. And the other thing that I need everybody to keep in mind, right, is that we are still very early in competitive infinite. Very early. Yes, you can look at it as, well, we're two lands in. We're two lands in. I'm sorry to make you go back to that. We're two lands in. But the first land came right after the multiplayer released. So nobody had enough time to get games in, get scrims in, get strategies set up, whatever it may be. So I'm kind of throwing that first event away. Then you had some online events taking place, whatever that may be. A lot of connection issues based off the game, game's fault, so on and so forth. We lead up to the qualifier for Anaheim. We get into Anaheim. We have our first real, what I would say, the true LAN event. Yeah, the fans weren't there, but at least you got to see these teams, these players utilize their strategies that they've been doing in scrims over the past weeks. Bring it to the fold here. See what happens. With that in mind, the reason why I don't see G2 making a change is because they're going to take that information that they've gotten from Anaheim, bring it back to the lab, and work on being better as a team. I just don't see them making a change right now. We're so, so early. And yes, Relent, you are correct. They did, both of them had good events overall. These, that's the snipe down question. That is the, who's going to be this in-game leader? Is there going to be an in-game leader? We can't rely on individual skill all the time because it's not going to win you games. Plain and simple. Yeah, you can beat, you can beat these other eight through 16 teams. Sure. Absolutely. But you're not going up against the top dogs with, with games like that. You're just not. So they're definitely some they're definitely a team that could be in that talk for wanting to do a change. But again, we are still very early. And I'm not, there's not to say that somebody can't step up and be that leader on that current roster. In the words of our show, we'll just have to wait and see. And then X set. No. <laughs> X set's not making a change. Who the fuck's going to want a team with Kratos? No one. They're not making a change either. So that that's, those are my two bubbles, right? You have your top eight teams and then your eight through 16 teams. 
one of those bubbles, the 8 through 16, I can see a couple roster changes taking place because they're going to do it irrationally. And then the top eight teams are not going to do that. Discussions could be had, but I don't see it happen. I don't see the changes happening. Um, and then Hossi, I really wanted to get back to your question because you asked, do, do you think the state of the game and will you feel free to chime on this too? Do you think the state of the game is affecting professionals dedication to the, uh, to the game and competition? It shouldn't. I mean, you're being paid a salary to compete in this game. I don't know. I can respect that. Dedication to the game and competition. No, I know. I think all these these guys are playing to the best of their ability, doing what they can to win. Um, I guess my only question on that would be snipe down. But then again, he, he's playing. He is still. He's still playing with his team, and then his apex runs are for for entertainment, for fun, something he enjoys. You can't just cut out all enjoyment and expect to be productive in your professional side as well. Right. Um, Relent says, I think it's making them not put out content, which is something Halo needs. I mean, I think that the the organizations have been putting out some stellar content around the scene. I just want more of it. Um, and like I mentioned last time, I want I want them to put more dedication on the players themselves instead of like just an event recap, if you will. And I'm not saying they're not going to do that. I just want to see that. That that was my feedback for them. Because a lot of a lot of new people coming into the scene for the first time aren't going to know who these new or established players are. They're going to need that background information to to latch onto them to be like, oh, I fucking, hell yeah. Spartan may be crazy online, like on Twitter, but like, man, I fucking gel with that play style. I want to fucking root for him, right? Or Pistola. Everybody loves Pistola. I want to root for him. It's just, we got to have these player profiles. Uh, Snipe also getting double the viewership on Apex compared to Halo. I mean, yeah, but it, I fucking hate the viewership discussion. Viewership isn't everything, guys. That's where I'm going to leave that. Um, Hossi said, I heard Formal talk about how ranked is repetitive, and that is why uh, competitors are not putting out a lot of content or streaming with big numbers. That's definitely part of it. It, It's not great how we have, what, three Live Fire Recharge Streets Aquarius, four Bizarre, five? Okay, five maps and competitive. Either way, it is what it is. I mean, it's a it's a competitive first person shooter, right? It's not it's not a battle royale where you have ever changing things on the battlefield. It's not like that. You don't have the randomness of the the enemies that you're going to get in the game, the the randomness of the the loot you're going to get. There, there are things that make BRs more satisfying to watch from a spectator standpoint, from a content standpoint, than a typical uh, competitive shooter. Plain and simple. And and also, I'm just going to say this as well, and I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying that another reason why people may not tune in as much is if the person playing isn't as entertaining while playing that game, right? You may have like a... 
I, I, this isn't to call anybody out. I'm just using like a, a dumb example. Like you have Tim the Tatman, right? Uh, played Halo when it came out, dropped off Halo, went back to BRs, right? Inherently, BRs can be more entertaining from the streamer's standpoint as well. Like pop, uh, when you when you pop off in a play and you freak out because of it or something crazy happens in the game, you're able to react to it more uh, enthusiastically, if you will, right? When in Halo, if you're just playing ranked, you don't have a lot of those moments that kind of take place. You know, see, so you you have to try to keep it, things entertaining as they go instead of just letting your gameplay do the talking, which a lot of people do just watch for the gameplay. Everybody likes what everybody likes. So that was a really bad roundabout way of talking about that. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Halo is what Halo is. It's never, I don't think it, it was ever going to dominate Twitch because of the inherent nature of the game. If it got a BR down the road, sure. Then it could definitely break numbers, right? Because that's what everybody wants. That's what the big streamers want. Okay. So it is what it is. The inherent nature of the game. That's why it's not bringing in a ton of viewership right now. But I will say that we did have a lot of viewership during the tournament. Hopefully that answered some questions. Updates are coming to MCC eventually. Back to the news. And Xbox, uh, so th there's some other like fucking shit that you can buy if you want to buy some stuff. So they have Mega Halo Day, which is going to be coming, where they're going to have like Mega Blocks and shit. And if you want to know more information about that, you best believe Builds with Blocks is going to talk about that shit from Podcast Evolve, your home for Halo. Go check them out. And then Xbox Gear Shop, Valentine's Day is today. As a matter of fact, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And whether you're looking to pick up something for that special someone or simply share your love for Halo to all around, the Xbox Gear Shop has got you covered. There's a new line of Valentine's Day lovey-dovey shit that you can buy on the Xbox Gear Shop, Halo-related. Go check it out. A lot of reds and pinks in there. Closer look. Halo Infinite's online experience. Let's talk about the state of the game, shall we? This is by 343 Industries. Multiplayer network and community feedback themes. Now, Will, believe it or not, I did tear this down a lot. Okay? So, being shot, shooting around corners. Will, have you been shot around corners? Is it fun? No, it's not fun. Guys, have you been shot around corners in Halo Infinite's matchmaking? Because it's not fucking fun. Well, here's the issue. This seems to be the issue that gets the most vocal response online. So let's explain what's happening. Fundamentally, this has to do with latency compensation. Latency compensation is how we handle the fact that there's a delay between the actions on your machine, so the pew-pews, actions on the server, and the results of those actions being communicated to other players. Ultimately, we need to ensure that all players are getting the best experience possible. So to do this, the server has to manage the actions from various machines that are all running at different latencies. Imagine the server is the arbiter of multiple different timelines and having to reconcile everything that happened in those timelines into something that makes sense for all players. So Halo is a multiverse is what we're getting at. 
There are multiple ways that you can solve the problem of latency compensation, but in Halo, we choose to favor the shooter. Pew, pew. Practically, this means that whatever happened on the shooter's screen, the server endeavors to honor. That means whenever a player sees themselves hitting a target, our system does its best to give them the hit on the server. So it doesn't matter if you try to run away. Mitigation. So what can we do to make this, getting shot around corners, better? So from the data above, it's clear that we need to reduce players' latency to the game data center. In other words, we need to give players games on data centers that they are closer to uh, decrease latency and improve the online experience. This is something that the Halo Infinite matchmaking system was designed to do, but it hasn't been performing as well as we'd planned, particularly for players in certain low population regions. Today, well, not today, this is a little bit earlier in the week, we released multiple changes that should reduce players' latencies, especially for those in lower population regions. Though these may lead to somewhat longer matchmaking wait times, we're eager to see its impact on matchmaking in the in-game experience. As outlined in this post on Waypoint, the first steps that we took include, we've increased that priority of low pings to our servers and matchmaking process. This step should help you match with local players and therefore have a better connection more often. As you can get more of these local matches, instead instances of playing on further data centers will also decline. Will, I think you've played a little bit since the update has released. Do you feel that that has happened or no? Do you feel like you're you're more on local e-servers? I, I increased in ping. I've had kind of the opposite effect. I was playing like 30 to 50 millisecond ping games, and now I'm up into like the 70s. So no, it, uh, I, I don't feel like that happened, at least for me. Okay. And I don't think you're, I don't think you're alone. In that sentiment. I have not played since the update has come out, so I cannot talk to it, but I don't think you're alone. Separate from the bullet point above, our services team has taken additional steps to help ensure that you can have quality matches with players from your respective regions more often. We expect this to have a noticeable impact when making matches for players in less populated regions around the world, including but not limited to Australia and Asia. This update, which went live yesterday, not yesterday, earlier, has already shown promising results and should take further advantage of this morning's changes. Please keep an eye out and let us know how your games start to feel. Tool says, I feel like they were only solving half of the issue. If they would increase the tick rate to 120, it would also help the problem. It goes both way and it's not the only client that needs to change. We're going to talk about tick rate in just a little bit. Thank you, Tools, for bringing it up. This update should also prevent players from geo-filtering their online matches. Since this was impacting matches after they were put together via our matchmaker, it was causing unstable connections for the other players in the lobby. To learn more about this and why it's being prevented, please read the post on Waypoint, which I am not going to read about. In combination with the changes above, in additional tuning to our matchmaking system, we believe that we can create better and better matches over time. If we feel like the matches we are making do not meet player expectations or our quality bar, we will evaluate additional means of improving the online experience, including considering features like a server selection similar to MCC or search preferences similar to Halo 5 further down the road. In other words, shit ain't coming now. We can also do a better job of communicating to the player the network quality of the players in the game. Since it is both your connection quality and the other player's connection quality that affects how long it takes to get feedback when you are shot, 
We want to give you a way to know how good the other player's connection is. Our team is working on adding round trip time to the scoreboard. Great. Even more shit to clutter that thing up. So you can tell if you are in a game with someone who doesn't have an optimal connection. We're also making sure that if your connection is poor, the game will notify you. We have diagnostics that communicate the state of your connection, but they're only turned on when you choose to have the network statistics enabled. We are changing this so that if the network conditions in the game are not optimal, you will see it on the screen. One area that we we do, that uh, we do have contr- uh, direct control over is ensuring that we don't have any issues on our side that may be artificially increasing the shooter's command buffer or causing unnecessary spikes in latency. We're also about to deploy work in our February update that gives us a better view of the shot latencies that people are reporting, so we should be able to dive into the data and get an even clearer picture as to how the game is playing. With that data, we'll be able to ensure that our systems are working as expected and respond if we detect any issues. Melee and shot registration issues. There's nothing more frustrating than when a shot or melee that appeared to land on your screen does not do damage. The first cause is rooted in the fact that the simulation needs to be deterministic. This means that when the client performs an action, the result of that action is the same when the server performs it. If the server does something different than the client, the two machines will diverge. The second cause is due to network bandwidth. In order to replicate the state of the game to the client, we have to send a significant amount of data from the server to the client. Even in a 4v4 arena match, there is too much data to send the entire state of the game every server tick. So we only send the information we deem most relevant to the player based on a number of different heuristics. Players who you are shooting at and those who are shooting you, as well as data about your own player are the highest priority in the system. But if bandwidth is constrained or there's a lot going on around you, we may not be able to send all the data every frame. That sounds wonderful. That sounds horrible. Are you fucking kidding me? The third is due to the fact that there is latency in the simulation. Now we're in the matrix, guys. Okay, pay attention. Matrix time. So the third is due to the fact that there is latency in the simulation, and it occurs in situations where players would expect to trade or win a close battle, but actually die. The problem lies in the fact that it takes time for you to be told that you died. You will die on the server before you were told about it on your client. So in that window, any shots you make, whoa. Holy shit. I didn't expect the sound to go off. Hmm. Thank you, Hossie. We'll talk about it in a second. So in that window, any shots you make will be ignored when they reach the server, as you are already dead. For melees, however... We do have a special code path that should allow the melee to go through, even if you died on the server. But we do not do this for shots. Maddie says that statement puts the nail in the coffin on Battle Royale speculation. The fact that the game can't fucking handle it. Because that's what that sounds like. The game can't handle so much things happening at once, even in a 4v4 game. What about 12v12 in big team battle for fuck's sake? Mitigation. On our side, we have some initial improvements that should be landing in a future update that should both improve determinism and bandwidth usage. 
And our test teams are constantly looking for scenarios where our determinism systems break. So that's in the future. Player reports are very useful here to help us uncover bugs. I'd encourage you to report issues through the Halo support site when you find them with client-side clips. We can analyze these locally and hopefully track down what failed and cause the client and server simulations to diverge. Your reports are incredibly helpful in helping us track down edge cases in our systems, and I'd like to thank everyone who reports problems. This one's big. I'd also advise all PC players to set simulation quality to ultra in the settings. This setting drives a few of our game systems, but most importantly for this discussion, it controls the amount of time we give to our system that corrects determinism errors on the client. Setting this to ultra should result in better determinism between client and server. So the CPU cost is also quite low, so it should be manageable on most PCs. For posthumous shooting, we have a work item in our backlog to look at shots post-death to better represent what players see on their screen. Keep an eye on the patch notes to see when this lands. Future. This is one of the top priority issues for my team because if you can't trust your shots or melees to land, your whole Halo experience begins to suffer. Begins? (laughs) Oh, no. We know we still have a few bugs here and here and are actively working to make sure we fix them as fast as we can. Four before arena shooter. I'm trying so hard not to be mad right now. I know. I'm trying so hard. Me too. My shots might not work and my melees might not work. What else am I supposed to rely on? We already know they don't though. Like that's the thing. They already don't work. And now your ping's worse. The grenades. (laughs) The grenades. The sizzle sticks. Uh, Missing collision and melee phasing. Phasing. No. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, The issue. Players have reported cases, especially in close melee encounters, when they appear to phase through other players or that player collision appears to be disabled. The first thing I would like to stress is that player collision is enabled against enemies. Well, it sure as hell doesn't fucking feel like it. That said, cases where you phase through enemies are not intentional. So let's explore what's happening there. You can't tell everything that's happening on the battlefield. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Will. Oh, anyway, fuck. Sorry. No, you're fine. I find it funny that you're that you're talking this. Um, hold on a second. Uh, Hasi, I will read your statement because you are going to be heading out, it seems like. It says, extremely worried about the code and structure of the game. Won't be able to support a 10-year plan. Um, I think we'll get a Halo Infinite 2, like Destiny now, uh, that they have funding from the initial response in some direction. That, I, dude, this. I, I, I mean, if if, there, if we're going this route, I, I have one suggestion. Please do. 343, hire some actual fucking employees, stop contracting, and then you won't have 20 different contractors working on different systems in your games. In other words, Microsoft change your policies, please. 343 are only doing what they're told. I know. But yes, when I say 343, do the right thing for making a game. Come on. I agree. Um, And the the other thing too, Ahasi, I'm worried with you. I'm honestly worried with you because these are issues that, like, 
they chose to turn off player collision and social. They chose to do that. Now, in, in, in one regard, yeah, it's cool that I don't have to fucking worry about nading my teammates. Like, I can just chuck shit in, and if they're with an enemy, then, hey, maybe I'll just get the kill, right? But it inherently breaks other fundamental aspects of the game. Uh, with this article coming out, it made me think, like, in social, is player collision off? Because that's less data they have to then send to the server. And Dude, they can I don't clear know. up that this, we can't send every piece of information every time. Like, I'm, I'm curious, you know. How, but how sad is that? That now, granted, I, for all I know, other games might do the exact same thing, where but but they don't send all the information all of the time. But the fact that they say that we just can't support that—that's the same thing. Like, oh, we can't support the store doesn't support having this many things. The UI doesn't support this many playlists. It feels like we built the game was built and like. It has to fit in this nice box. The slip space engine stuff is out the window for yeah, me. Oh, That's absolutely. Gone. I literally work for a software company who releases uh, fixes to production software on a two-week cadence, a.k.a. a sprint. Every two weeks, we have releases to, to our production environments for all of our pieces of software with multiple different bug fixes and multiple different teams working on those pieces of software. I get that game development's completely different from a, from standpoints. Like I understand that, but it boggles my mind that you have, I mean, for fuck's sake, destiny has maintenance every fucking week. Destiny has bug fixes all the time and they're a live service game. Like there, there are updates that come out for titles all the time. Whether it be a hot fix that's just, you don't have to download anything, it's just there. Or if it's a full-blown release that you download gigabytes worth of data. There are titles out there that are consistent with their updates. I'm not a game developer. I don't know the process on that. Maybe, maybe every patch has to go through certification. And that's a fucking process. Maybe that's the way it is. But it boggles my mind that... The thing that the thing that really boggled my mind was when Uni talked about, and it's not him, like it's it's not his fault. When when he, I think it was him that talked about how, yeah, and some of you eagle-eyed players out there have noticed that your fucking cyber showdown cosmetics aren't perfectly aligned on your helmet, and that'll be fixed next season. Next season. What the fuck are you talking about? It's an alignment issue. Are you, what? That should be able to be put in a hot fix immediately in my mind. I'm not a game developer, but it, it wow. When that statement came out, that when you said the slip space engine stuff's out of the, out of the wheelhouse now, when that statement came out, I'm like, I'm, we're fucked. There's no way. Uh, the only thing that might be happening there that I can think of is that they're like, we're working on all these giant bugs, these giant problems that fixing an alignment is not even on our plate right now because we want to work on the big stuff. And I'm, I'm, I want to know how many people are working on the game. 
realistically. Honestly. Yeah. But but then again, to turn around and say, well, just this should take, you know, a day to fix. Right. And it, for the record, we're not saying it should. This is just from the outside looking at it. It, it feels like this is such a small thing. It yes. feels like it is. So instead of it looming over the team, why not just fix it right away and be over, be done with it? Yeah, it's it. But I don't know. It, it feels weird. It, it all feels weird. Again, just coming from coming from the standpoint of the company that I work for, we have major fixes, we have minor fixes, and they're all within the same release. And for for major fixes that like this is a this is a system critical thing that if this doesn't get put out, it could it could hinders people's work. Right? Mm-hmm. We will excuse me. We will push that out separately. We'll be like, no, we need to fix this thing first and foremost. This is critical. Let's get it out as soon as possible and not, and I mean, that is what they're doing for some things. So I respect that. It's just, there's no cadence in these releases. It's, it's just fucking, oh, we're going to have a mid season update. Well, when's it coming? Mid, well, like mid February. Well, when's that? Because we're literally mid February tomorrow. Tomorrow's February 15th. Hopefully it is tomorrow. Right. But tomorrow would be tomorrow's Tuesday. Uh, and then, I don't know. I can't help but think in a year from now, this game's going to be in like what it should have been state. Nope. And that's in all these people who are saying, oh, you just have to be patient. We shouldn't have to be patient. And I get that we, we kind of need to be now because what are we going to do? Like just scream into a void like we always do. It's not going to get us anywhere. And I know that. But I swear, I I wish we could just hold these hold these companies to higher standards. Seriously. It's, it's dumb. It's fucking dumb. I'm all about being positive and trying to think on the bright side of things, glass half full situations, but every single time an article of theirs comes out and I'm grateful for the more insight, like it's good to have this information, but man, it's like a shot in the foot every single time. Well, here's why we can't do this. Well, fuck. Here's why every single game that you're in is probably going to have an issue of some kind. Well, when's it going to be fixed? In the future. It's a high priority item for us. We're, we're, this is our highest priority issue that we're working on with our team. When's it going to be fixed? In the future. Just look for those patch notes. So back to the phasing, I'm not going to say it due to latency movements that you make on your machine. will take, you thought I was going to say it. You think, Oh, there you go. Thank you. You did it due to latency movements that you make on your machine will take time to arrive on the server. And therefore the state of the world, when the movement is applied on the server will be different. If we didn't do any latency compensation, uh, this would result in rubber banding when near other players is you were not able to proceed forward on the server, but did on the client. In some shooters, this may be acceptable, as close quarters combat may not be that frequent. But in Halo, the melee dance is an important part of our combat. So we have systems that attempt to deal with these edge cases by performing similar latency compensation to what happens when a shot is taken. Well, it doesn't fucking work all the time. Mitigation. We're working on improvements to our player collision systems, especially during melee. Given how important melee is to our combat dance, This is also a very high priority work item for my team. We'll share more in patch notes as we resolve issues. Any improvements that we make to latency all up should also help reduce these issues. The closer the client simulations are to each other and to the server, 
the better the experience for all players will be. And then client desync. The issue. Players have found cases where you can permanently desync the client from the server. Usually, the moment we detect a desync, no matter how small, the client should begin correcting to the server's position. In bad cases, this results in rubber banding. But in normal scenarios, these changes should be unnoticeable. The cases where you permanently desync occur when our systems fail to detect and respond to desyncs. For mitigation, we've identified the issue linked above, along with some other cases where you can permanently desync, but we should have the fix deployed in upcoming builds. Keep an eye on the patch notes for more info. And then FAQ, just a couple. What's the server tick rate? Back to what Tools was saying. Our 4v4 matches run at a 60 hertz tick rate. And Big Team Battle runs at 30 hertz. In the future, online campaign co-op will run at a 30 hertz tick rate as well. Will, remember when I said that, I think we said, and a lot of people out there said that maybe it's time that you just drop off the old consoles? Yeah. I can't help but feel that this is one of the reasons why. to compensate for that. Then again, I'm not entirely certain, but it just, I have a feeling. I don't know. Why do my shots appear to miss when I watch back in theater films in observer mode? So this is due to the latency compensation the server does to ensure shots land correctly. Remember that when the server receives a shot, it rewinds time for that shot so that the shot is performed in the same way as the client fired it. This means that the shots in observer and theater mode will appear to miss as we don't rewind time in those modes. So observer and theater are just fucked again. We have future work planned that will perform the latency competition when viewing a player in first person, but unfortunately due to the way the system works, Third person in theater and observer will always be slightly off. Again, the higher the latency of the shooter, the more significant the error will appear. That's it for the regular news. God of the Games Watch! Rustermania! For the New York subliners, Neptune got let go. He's actually been added to a challengers team, including Spart Diamond Con, if you remember him, and Pro Loot. And the NYSL pick up royalty in the place of Neptune. And I think they lost to the run the London Royal Ravens. So there's that. Uh I didn't see how the Rocker performed this we week. We lost, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. That's right. To the surge, right? Yeah, and we also played someone else after that. Look it up. Please do. Shall I move on? Sure. That's it for Cotton Other Games Watch. It's time for Wheels Adventures with the Nailovers. Another Games 2. Will, what did you play last week? Uh, Played some Destiny 2. I'm going for max rank and Dares of Eternity. Where are you at right now? 14. Nice. So... 
realistically, all I need is rank 16 to get all the items I want. Yep. But I think 17 is the max. Yes. Like, 17 to, is the max. Correct. So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool to hit. Um, Fuck yeah, daddy. And then played some Halo Infinite. Solo duo queue is, uh, it's, it's weird. I have games that I dominate in. I have games that I can't do anything in. And I've gotten out of the, like, checking my teammates and enemies' ranks because I'm just, like, I've seen so much shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a diamond, no, I'm a plat six in the solo duo queue. And I will literally have, like, a gold, another plat, and a diamond. And the other team will be, like, plat, plat, diamond, diamond. And I'm, like, that's why we couldn't move out of our base because... The, the gold and the lower plat couldn't handle anything that we just got stuck. So like just if, if I lose, I lose. It's this, like I use the solo duo queue as my, I like the rank settings, yeah. but I don't want to play ranked ranked situation. If that makes any sort of sense. Absolutely. And yeah. there might be people in there that get bad at me for not going all out in that mode. But, um, and also, you also run into a lot of weird people in the solo duo queue on mics. But anyway, what's online games without weird people? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then played some Escape from Tarkov. Um, I don't know. It's Tarkov. <laughs> it's it's great. It's frustrating. It's Halo um, Infinite. <laughs> yeah. I just got, like, so the last the last raid I went into, we were, I went in as a four stack. Sure. And... I didn't need to be in that area of the raid because, like, the raid, the boss was there, right? The uh, on, It's on the map. Woods Sturman is the, the like, the boss that's on that map. And he is, he is troublesome to take down. And um, we, he ended up being in this area, and one of, the, one of the guys I was with went to go nade that area. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get cover behind these logs. But as he nades... Sturman runs out and runs towards me and I didn't get the call out that Sturman was running until I was already dead. So I was like, I did the, uh, it's kind of a dick. And, he, and he's like, Oh, Sturman's running. I'm like, yeah, I'm dead. That call out would have been nice bef- a little bit ago. And I just, and like, they're like, well, I didn't, uh, whatever. I, I ended up stopping. I stopped playing after that. Cause I had to go to hockey anyway, but how the hockey game go? Um, Tarkov, Tarkov. Uh, we won six to one. Oh, that's a fucking monster win. Uh, it is, a, yeah, last place team, you know. Hey, a win's a fucking win. Uh, yeah. We take those. <laughs> um, to update you, we lost yeah. uh, against the Surge three to two, and we lost against the Ravens three to one, and the Subliners lost to LA Thieves three to one. There we go. Um, but yeah, that's all I played. Destiny. Infinite Tarkov. What about yourself? I'll be quick. I played Destiny 2. I'm also doing some Dares of Eternity. That's all I played. Will. Yes, sir. Should we get into some shout outs? <laughs> shout out to everyone who followed and subbed during the live show. That includes Sup Jakey with the tier one sub. Thank you so much. You get a woo! <laughs> also with the follow. Thank you. And then Hossie. With the gifted sub, uh, that was to Justin. Yep. Hossie, you get a woo! Thank you 
very much. And Justin, you fucking make sure to thank him. Um, congratulations to Tashi on his eight year anniversary working at Microsoft and three, four, three. Congratulations, sir. Hope it was a good one. You celebrated that. I believe over Anaheim weekend. Good shit. And then happy belated birthday to one of our favorite people, Maddie rums. Also fuck you, Maddie, but happy belated birthday. I hope it was great. You're old as shit. And, uh, yeah, I hope you liked our jingle that we, that we provided <laughs> to noobcapo.com earlier in the show. Feel free to pay us royalties on it. And, uh, that'd be great. You know, thanks. Happy birthday. That's it for the shout outs. How about community creations? Halo memes every day. Reds.com forward slash R forward slash Halo memes. Clips of the week. Number one forty four by high tech redneck. It's on YouTube. Go check that out. Guys, there is finally a European eights discord. It's by Oscar. Go, excuse me. Go check that out. The process episode eight by optic gaming includes the halo guys in there talking about their lead up to Anaheim. The official optic halo pre-show for HCS Anaheim by optic gaming. Another great video there. Go check that out. Will I included this because I thought this was really fucking cool. Dungeons and Destiny, a free reimagining of 5th edition to fit the Destiny setting, is done and available to download for free. It's by Bug on a Wall. It's a Reddit post. If you're interested in doing some Destiny D&D, it's all there and it's all, like, legit. It's It, it's, it was all made using the tools that were provided by Wizards. It's, it's like, it look, uh, it looks official as fuck. And wow. it's not official. So, like, honestly, if you were a Destiny fan and a D&D fan, or if you wanted to dibble-dabble in D&D, and you're a big Destiny fan, go check that out. It's free. It's in the show notes. Just really wanted to shout that out. And finally, Will uh, and Maddie as well, thank you guys for the phase vid. That is now in the show notes as well, so thanks for that. Will, that's all I got for Community Creations, and that also means that's it for, for the show, for what I got. So would yeah. you mind... Plug in the show. If you're listening to us, you can find us on all your favorite podcast services. Just search for HCS Pro Talk, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Others as well. Pocket gas. Yes. Uh, if you're interested in joining a Discord, you can join our community discussion. Josh and I are in there quite often as well. A uh, red tape? Join the Discord. Do it. Um... Find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Search for HS Pro Talk on those sites. You can go watch us on YouTube if you want to check out old VODs. Uh, you can join us live on Twitch for the live show every Monday at 7 p.m. Central. We have our website, hsprotalk.com. We can find links to old episodes, some interviews we did with uh, some European and uh, other nations uh, coaches or head players. I don't know what you, anyway. Uh, a lot of people. This is a lot of fucking go, people. Go check them out. And then don't forget the fine folks over at Podcast Evolved. Uh, go check out halopodcast.com, your home for Halo, where you can find links to their shows, Podcast Evolved, Mission Debrief, Book Club, Builds with Blocks, and Halo Headlines. Go check out the fine folks over at Podcast Evolved. Your home for Halo. There you go. Josh, what do we got on the next episode? On the next episode. So, so. 
The Open Series for North America and EU continue while Australian and Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico prepare, prepare for their super events. And we find out if Rostermania is truly upon us. Josh doesn't think it is. I, I, besides maybe a couple teams, I would agree. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, it is Halo Esports, so anything I, can fucking happen. I'm just curious with... It's so weird to me that there, there's these partnered teams that we're not like we're not like a, a league like Call of Duty, but there are yet partnered teams with salaried rosters. Yep. It all like there has to be trade drop clauses, whatever's in these contracts. And who knows? Maybe like someone negotiate them and like I'm not signing that contract unless there's a no drop clause or, or for a year or whatever. I don't know. You, you I don't. We don't know. No, so. we don't. Maybe we'll get some info later. Maybe. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for episode 222. I want to thank you very much for watching. I want to thank you very much for listening. If you're tuning in live, thanks for hanging out. Hope you had a good time. Thanks for the discussion around HCS Anaheim. We'll be back next week to talk about more shit that happens in this scene of a franchise that we love and that loves to hate us too. <laughs> Guys, we'll be back next week. Will. Yeah. Um. I'm just going to say, ladies, you want to come in here? Oh, Bob. Why am I ruining it? I'm not oh ruining gosh. it. gosh. What's happening right now? Happy birthday. Oh, God. For, for those who don't know, Will's birthday is coming up in two days. In two, in two days. days. Turning 30. Are, are you going to play the Bo Burnham song? You're probably. I bet you are. <laughs> all, all, all day. All day on my birthday. Turning 30. From his new, uh, anyway. From inside. Oh my God. Okay, give him the fucking thing. What okay. do, open it up. Oh gosh. Open quickly, it says. Yeah, pay attention to the fucking instructions. This t tears? Yes, Just tear it. Oh, wait, hang. Don't squeeze the side. Put the post. It's going to fucking fly. No, out. it has like a box inside of it. She said she'd clean it up. So Good. that's yeah, why I, I said it's fine if we just do it in here. She gotta, has to clean it I up. I got to get this crap off the mixer. Oh, great. Just fuck. Thanks. Yep, you're God welcome. God damn it. Okay. What else you got? Cheesecake. You got a like, cheesecake. Cheesecake. I love cheesecake. It's my favorite cake. I know it's not real cake, but it's cake. <laughs> it's my favorite cake. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It fucking slid off the plate. Hey, we're good. It's It stayed there. Oh, man. So we're going to we're gonna dive in. Nice. Put the papers in there and everything. It's good stuff. All right. Oh, we got to eat it now. Yeah, you, you, you're fucking diving in. <laughs> yeah, you fucking should have. What are you doing? Oh, look at that. It's like Vicky thought it out. Good job, Vicky. Here you go. No, I'm grabbing by the paper. No shit! What do you think I'm doing? Just holding it out there for fun? Yeah. God. All right.
Oh, my nose itches. <laughs> All right, Will, what do you think? It's good. Be it's, honest. It's cheesecake. It's good. Is it actually? Thank you. No, it's not frozen. Oh, we're still recording. Recording. This is gonna be awkward. Do whatever you want. Do you want me to end it? End it now? Huh? Do you want me to end it? End it now? Yeah, sure. Let's end it out. Okay. Or at least the recording. We'll stay on the stream for a little bit here. Um, Maddie says, so I'll expect my piece to come by parcel. You, nope. You, Fuck you, Maddie. That would be real gross. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not sure. Not sure. It's not. Good. Sorry, Maddie. I'll s- Na- Maddie, next time we see you, cheesecake. There you go. We'll get some cheesecake. We'll take you out of the town and get some cheesecake. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's actually going to do it for episode 222 of HCS Pro Talk. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Again, if you're tuning in live, enjoy. Uh, And if not, I'm tired. Thanks anyway. (laughs) Guys, we'll be back next week. Talk about more shit. But until then, bye-bye.